Hello Super Johnny, hello Super Trevor, it's me, Mario, woohoo, mamma mia, you guys, you're number one, woohoo, see you in my games, aha. Well, Trevor, us here at Retro Bliss Studios, we really need a million-dollar idea. We want to start a great uh, video game franchise. Video games are the rage right now. Right. I mean, ever since uh, we both gave up our college tuitions and all of our savings to create this company, we've been looking for a million-dollar idea. Right, and we both love video games. Let's obviously start making some software for these systems. Uh, Super Nintendo. What about a Super Nintendo Super Nintendo is still hot right now. What is it, 1992? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great year for the Super Nintendo. I think there's this guy that claims he has a, a million-dollar idea. I think we should hear him out. Really? Is he, is he here already? I think so. Well, okay. Well, let him in, then. Hey, come on in. Uh, yeah. uh, hi, 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 guys. How are you? Uh, we're, we're fine. We're fine. Uh, what's your name down. there? Uh, sorry about that. I'm a little excited. Uh... My name is Travis Johnson, and I'm really glad to meet you guys. I think you guys are going to really like what I have to show you today. I have an idea to bring a character back to video games, and I think you guys oh. are the guys to make it. Oh, okay. Mm, okay. So are we talking about a really a popular character we're going to bring back to the consoles or something like that? Super popular. Think back to the Atari days. Think back, uh, what would you say is some of the most popular characters back then? Uh, Dig Dug. Yeah, the or, the little snake things that Dig Dug hit yeah. with his hammer. Oh, those guys. Not, oh, this is a great idea. No, 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 no. Okay, not Dig oh. Dug. Think bigger. Uh, okay, okay. I got this. Oh, I, know I know where he's going with this. Uh, what is let's it? Let's at the same time. All right. One, two, two three. three. Cubert. Yeah. Yeah. Cubert. It's always uh, a Cubert. No, 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 guys, no. Okay. Uh, okay. Bigger I'm just, than that? I'm a, yes, it's... Think of size, the size okay. of the character, the bigger oh, okay. character. Literally bigger. Yes. Sir. Okay, all right, I know what this huh. is. This is just obvious. You want to say it at the same time again? Because I know you know. Ready? Uh, three, two, one, rampage. I have no idea. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, okay, guys. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Uh, I'm uh-huh. thinking about bringing back Donkey Kong. Remember Donkey Kong? Well, give me a second. What? No? Donkey Kong? What's Donkey Kong? Okay, let me refresh your memories. You guys know who Mario is, right? Um, Vaguely? This is where Mario came from. Donkey Kong. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So big is this really relevant a, to us as a, as a video game company? I mean, What's a Donkey Kong? Okay, he's a big, like a dance. big monkey, okay? But think about this. He's oh, not, like King Kong. Almost. Oh. Almost like King Kong, but he's not... He's not holding a princess hostage. He's not standing at the top of some mechanical structure you've got to get up and jump over barrels for. He, oh, that Donkey Kong. Yes. Now oh. imagine that Donkey yes. Kong okay. having a little buddy. We're going to call him Donkey Kong Jr. Maybe Diddy Kong. Diddy sounds nice. That's a dumb name. That's a stupid name. That's like, hey, Diddy, would you come over here? Let's play a little Diddy. That's well, how dumb that I sounds. Can, yeah. I can listen. It's, I'm, not, I'm not set on that name. If you guys want to change it We need it a up, better name than that. What a, okay, just hear me out. Let's change the name from Diddy, if we're going to decide to do this, to Duty. What do you think? Duty, okay. Little Duty. Duty Kong. Oh. Little Duty. Little okay. Duty Kong. Okay, we'll go, That's we'll a go great with name. that. We'll, we'll, we'll say Duty Kong. So well, you've what's got, the name of the game you got? Well, here's the thing. It's not on a structure. He's going through all different kinds of lands. So he's in his own country, let's say. He's in jungles. He's well, in... What would a monkey go to all kinds of lands, though? He's kind of stuck in the jungle, right? Well, here's... Uh, I've seen... I've seen National Geographic. Yeah. 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 Okay, I'm going to throw you the idea here. Donkey okay. Kong is in this country. 
there are bad guy crocodiles stealing all his bananas. Okay, I'm going to so, stop you right there. Why would a monkey fight crocodiles? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Your problem is you're just not being logical. You're not yeah. using common sense. Yeah. Why would these two animals fight each other? I mean, really. Next, you're going to tell me that they're pirates or something. I think I might be. I think I might be attacking this at the wrong angle. Okay, close your eyes, guys. Close your eyes. Okay, okay they're closed. I want you to picture jungles. Uh, oh, okay. I, okay. I want you to picture mountains, snow-covered mountains in the jungle. Okay. I want you to picture. Mines and rail Ooh. cars going through mines. Now, oh, now, those kind of mines. Now I want you also, lastly, to picture some underwater, some Ooh. some fish going by, some coral reefs, some some Ooh. sharks maybe. Now here's the thing: in uh-huh. all of those settings, I want you to picture Donkey Kong. Okay. All right. uh, yeah. I just don't see it. Let's just look. You're a very well-spoken individual. I'm sure you're going to have everything good happening to you. It's just not for this company. I mean, guys, I'm telling you. No, listen, sir, sir, to be frank with you, and I mean this uh, with all due respect, that's by far the stupidest idea I've ever heard, and you made us all really stupid for listening to I, it. I really think you guys are going to I need you on. to get out of this room. Hey, go go you know, do something with Qbert and come back to us next year. Yeah, you see that trash can over there? Put it over your head, leave the room. All right, listen. Just... This uh, guy, the nerve, the nerve of this no, guy. No, 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 I'm shutting the door right here. Slam. Guess, That's me shutting the door. I guess I'll, uh... Verbally, the door shut. Take my idea to Rare. Who's Rare? That's a stupid name for a company. I wonder if I have time to watch Hangar Mr. Cooper. Who knows? Probably Family Matters, but... So, I guess we still need another idea. I mean, that guy was a total bust. He was. He definitely was. He was like the guy picked before Michael Jordan. Oh, <laughs> He's the Sam Bowie of this. Um, so we need another idea. Just hear me out. I got mm-hmm. one. Let's just make Richard List a podcast. Podcast in 1992. I like it. It's a great idea. So in 1992, you know what we're going to do? We're going to listen to Retro Blist. Welcome to a brand spanking episode of Retro Blist. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Johnny, and with me is my good buddy, my pal, my compadre, my bestest, bestest of buddies. That's just where you say your I name. was waiting for you to say Chris's name. Oh, no, this is you. Oh, oh, we introduced oh. the guest afterwards. Oh, we said best buddy, and you said positive things, so I was just... No, oh, I haven't even got to his yet. It's going to be... Hey, I'm Trevor. Good. Welcome to Retro Blist. And we are joined by an amazing, an astonishing, and incredible, uh, the the James Bond to my... Who's who's James Bond's buddy? I don't know James Goldfinger. Bond. To my Goldfinger. <laughs> it's my good friend that I do history creeps with, Chris Chavez. What's up, Chris? Hello. That's how Chris normally talks. That's his real voice right there. That's all he's going to say the rest of the episode. <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> How's it going? Oh, I'm excited, dude. I am so excited to be on Retro Bliss. You don't even know. Now, yep, we're going to have you on, but Anthony can never be a guest. <laughs> it's been said yeah. here, written in stone. We've written it because we know he can't go an episode, or five minutes really, without saying a cuss word. <laughs> and this <laughs> is a family show. That's right. Yes. Okay, now, 
we've picked a great game today. This is a classic game in the in the, all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. In the the pantheon of video games, this is one of the big hitters, I would say. Mm-hmm. We played, let's go ahead and just say it, Donkey Kong Country, the first one, for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Trevor, take it away. So, Donkey Kong Country, 1994, developed by Rare, published by Nintendo. Do you want to dive into your little project right now? Let's let's go ahead and get this out right. of the way real quick. Before I'm, we get any more into the to the good stuff, we have something unfortunate to do right quick. Yeah, and I'm sorry for this. Now, just so everybody knows, a peek behind the curtain, Chris is also the producer of this show. Uh-oh. So he's got to add all the bells and whistles to this. And this is a new segment <laughs> <laughs> that I'm calling Ask Johnny. Now, for all you that have also listened to Genesis Gems along with us, you know that they have a segment called Ask Aaron. And I, of course, stole that idea and pretended like it's my own. But I've changed it. And that it's only Aaron from Genesis Gems asking me questions. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is so Trevor's got all these questions. A very uh, strange segment. If you don't know Genesis Gems, but just hang with us. Yes. <laughs> While I look up these questions on my phone, I have so many things on my phone right now for this episode. I'm, yeah. I'm so, wondering only, uh, Johnny, are you going to need me to give you a, a new theme? Is this going to be recurring? You need music for this? I don't know. It depends Here on how this is. goes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Aaron Hickman. Ask Johnny, Johnny, where's the best place to get a hot dog with sauce? Okay, this is a great question. Now, not all hot dogs are made equal, right? I mean, this is just a given. The best hot dogs to me are any they can get at a ballpark. I don't know what it is about a baseball park. Best hot dogs ever. So since we have the Hickory Crawdads here, yes, that's their real name, I'm (laughs) going to say the Hickory Crawdads Stadium. Best hot dog you can get. Doesn't matter the sauce you pour on it. It's going to be great. Name a sauce. Worcestershire sauce, it's perfect on there. So a cold $5 hot dog with Worcestershire sauce. Fantastic. Perfect answer. Johnny, what comic book should I read if I haven't read anything new since Watchmen? Uh, this is going for Chris, too. Chris loves comic books. Uh, back Issues. Oh, yeah. Back uh, comic Issues. Comic book podcast. Comic book yeah. podcast. Do we mention where Chris is from? Uh, like what he does? Back he Issues. Comic book podcast. That's there. it. Yeah. He just plugged himself. Uh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> sounds really painful. Family show. <laughs> so uh chris yeah i think you're gonna agree with me on this one i would say any of the uh, any of the current batman stuff is pretty good oh man it's a pa- like anything so do we know anything what- from scott snyder was what i was going to say oh for sure what is aaron into like is he into superheroes because i would say that i'd say greg capullo scott snyder batman new 52 yeah. run uh he's mostly into bubsy <laughs> that's amazing uh, if, he's a, if he's a sci-fi guy check out saga that's an amazing title um and if he's into horror outcast walking dead those are good yeah saga he'd probably like because it's really close to sega so speaking of um sega he said why does my finger smell funny okay that's probably because of where it's been all right uh what game series are you ashamed of yourself for not playing well, I played Bubsy, so that shame's gone. You about could have said Zelda until uh, not that long ago. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a secret shame. I never, played a, I never played a Zelda game until this show. That's the honest to God truth. Uh, goodness. Okay. But made for a good episode. Go back and listen. Uh, it's a, man, what is a big series that you love? That you know? Toe Jim and Earl. Let's go with that. Oh, yeah. You definitely yeah. need to play that. I never played those, and Trevor loves those games and always talks about them. We're going to play them for the show. Uh, what is love? Oh man, just don't hurt me. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's that thing the Beatles talked about it a love a, a lot. Uh, can I just break in here? Yeah. Um, this is the Ask Johnny segment, but I have to break in and say that uh, Johnny just doesn't know. 
There's no way he can know the answer to that question. That's probably true. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to save save us from that one. Uh, <laughs> that was really mean. Could you cut a slice of bologna so thin that it only has one side? Oh, that's a great question. And I would say it's entirely possible. You just got to believe in yourself and probably know what love is. Nice. I think this is the last one. All right, let's, let's end on a high note. Um, what is the one game in your collection you'd never want to give to Trevor? Well, I gave you Bubsy. Well, technically I traded you for it. That's right. Trevor now yeah, has my copy of Bubsy. Traded it for movie ticket. <laughs> we live old school. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. What game would I never... I guess it's a way of saying what game could I never just part with, really. Um, Man, I've given away some games I loved before, though. This is a tough one. So I don't think there's any, to be honest. Even ones I love, I've... I used to have a, the, the Ninja Turtles Hyperstone Heist for the Genesis. Mm-hmm. And I know I gave it away to somebody because I can't find it anywhere. And that just makes me really sad. So I would say that if I still had it, but I already gave it away. <laughs> it's a pricey game now, too. Yeah, I know. That's why I can't get it. Don't again. worry, though. I've gotten rid of games that are even pricier. It's depressing. <laughs> um. All right. Well, that was that was the Ashton Johnny segment. Thanks for joining us on that. That's the end of Retro Bliss forever. See you guys later. So I'm going to go ahead and just get right into it. Let's do it. Let's jump so, in. So just a real brief history. This game, it really can't be overstated how big of a deal it was at the time. But can it be understated? It can be. Okay, let's do that. So everybody knows how big of a deal Mario was and Sonic. There is. Super Mario World. Right. But this game has been credited with ending the Sega versus Nintendo 16-bit war. Because, I mean, it's 1994 by this point. But it was kind of the, the, okay, this is something that you just can't do on Sega. It just blew people's minds so much that it's been credited with almost single-handedly sort of putting an end to that. Now, I don't know if it really felt that way at the time, but history can be weird. Also, it's credited with saving the Super Nintendo basically until the time that the N64 could come out against the PlayStation. Because uh, in December of 94, the PlayStation came out in Japan. And this game looked so good that it's been reported that a lot of people thought it was a PlayStation game. And when they found out it was a Super Nintendo game, it kind of gave that system new life. Um, and just basically, it kept the, the Super Nintendo relevant, and it's really responsible for one of the greatest partnerships in all of gaming, and that is Nintendo was looking for a company to do something special for the Super Nintendo. And Rare had this new technology. To be honest, I don't remember what it was called. But it was this almost real-looking technology like you see in Donkey Kong Country. And Nintendo was so impressed, they basically said, hey, we like what you're doing. Be a second... They bought 49% of the company, enough just to let Rare still be in control, but they're a second-party developer. And the result was Donkey Kong Country and a whole string of amazing Rare games that followed Donkey Kong Country. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of games... Like, one of our absolute favorites is uh, GoldenEye for the 64. Right. And that's a rare game. We played that like crazy. Nice. You've got, yeah, you've got Goldeneye. You've got um, the Banjo-Kazooie series. You've got Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yeah. There, there's so many. Um, and Talk about your price of games there. <laughs> and Rare, of course, was making games on Nintendo systems before this. But this is when they really became the Rare that just amazing. The golden age of Rare. 
Because Nintendo can't really be credited for making the games, but they can be credited for um, knowing the talent when they saw it and pouring the money into it. Yeah. Because, unfortunately, you see what happened to Rare after they left Nintendo for Microsoft. <laughs> Microsoft just didn't know what to do with them. It's like they had this talent in their in their bullpen or whatever the phrase is. I'm not a that, That's guy. a weird way to put it, just because Microsoft has had some great games, though. Oh, I'm talking about Rare with Microsoft. I know, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's Microsoft's fault. No, but it's just like they just didn't know what to do with them. Because Microsoft definitely has enough money to put into them. I mean, they got just oh, they as much did, as Nintendo, but yeah. I, I don't know what the deal is, but it's just I would they say just somebody, died a yeah. slow death once they oh, went I agree with you. It definitely did, but I don't think it's Microsoft's fault. Uh, that would be an interesting episode. I was, I was, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I was going to say I'm right on this, but go ahead, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking up real quick uh, what you were referring to, Trevor. Rare was using what was called SGI, uh, Silicon yeah, Graphics it. Imaging, or RGB file format. So I guess that was giving it the look, the, ro- the rasterization. Um, and you're right. I remember when I was a kid first seeing that, I was just blown away with how just kind of 3D-ish it looked and how cool it was. I think it's yeah. a good springboard into our experiences with this game growing up. Yeah, do you remember the first time you saw it, Johnny? That's what I was going to say. The first time I ever saw this, uh, my uncle had actually moved really close to where we lived growing up. And so I would go over there quite a bit. And he had a Super Nintendo. He didn't have that many games. And one of them that he had was this game. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching him playing it and being blown away by how great this game looks. And I was a Sega Genesis kid through and through. I mean, you couldn't mm-hmm. tell me that, that the Super Nintendo was better than it ever. But when I saw that game running, I was like, I have to play this game. It looks right. amazing. I want a Super Nintendo for this game. I was the same way. I was diehard Sega all the way through the Dreamcast. I've said that before. But at this point, I think I was um, giving the Super Nintendo a chance. And I think it was a KB Toys, which doesn't even exist to my knowledge anymore. Um, at least not in U.S. And there's a KB Toy Store, and they had a demo running. And I just, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like, how could this be a game that's out now? I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember that jungle level, the opening level is just a perfect showcase of like the, the trees just looked real. Yeah. And the, and then I think it's maybe the right after that, the second level, there's rain. Uh-huh. Like it's like a real storm going on. It just, it really blew my mind at the time. Like it did a lot of people. Yeah. What about you, Chris? I have, uh, I have three younger brothers. I was, I think I was 14 or 15 at the time and they were under, I think they were like seven, eight, nine, something like, or six, seven and eight. Um, I had a Genesis, so I know what you're talking about, Trevor. I had the Sega Genesis, and that was my console. Uh, but going from Streets of Rage 2 to playing my brother's Super Nintendo when they got Donkey Kong Country, it was, like you said, amazing. You looked at this, and you were just like, wait a second. How could they make it look even more realistic? You know, there was, there was a shine to the surfaces of the leaves on those pine, uh, on those palm trees, you know? And like you said, that rain coming down, not only is the rain coming down and it has that glistening effect for all of the little droplets, but in the background, there's like flashing lightning and it was just, it was amazing. And I was just like, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was, I was, I was floored by it. And I loved it. And I was three, it was only three games I absolutely loved playing on Super Nintendo was Super Mario World. Donkey Kong Country and that tiny, that tiny tunes one I told you guys about that, uh, sports one. Yeah. Yeah. Acme All Stars. Yeah, maybe? that's it. Cool. Yeah. Those are three really good games too, so <laughs> But yeah. yeah, those were it. And and just to not to go over this point anymore, but who would have thought that on a, a system that launched with Super Mario World that this many years later it could show something that would kind of blow our minds still. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, Donkey Kong definitely had its own style that really set it apart for mm-hmm. real. And speaking of, uh let's just get into the graphics. This is kind of what we're talking about.
I mean, basically, like I said, it was confused for a PlayStation game. The irony there is, and I really do enjoy my PlayStation. There's a few of my favorite games on there. The irony is, it was probably years before the PlayStation had a game that even looked as good as Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. And I will say, if you go back and look at it, a lot of your PlayStation games are really rough to look at graphically right. now. But this game still today looks great. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. It's this new technology, like um, one of Nintendo's games that was really pushing the technology at the time. It was a uh, Stunt Race FX. It used a special FX chip. It's pretty hard to look at that game now. This game is also using using a brand new technology, but somehow it also had enough art style to it and enough. It was just infused with timelessness, and it still looks it still looks fantastic. I was going to say yeah. that I like even looking at because uh, I played it uh, a couple of hours before we recorded, and I played it for at least two hours. Um, and I just remember sitting there thinking as the rare logo came up, and then you saw a little uh, cranky Kong sitting there, you know, rocking on his little. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, "That's right. Look at how nice this looks. It still looks really cool." I like the way they gave like the um, all these different animals still a cartoony look, though. It wasn't like it was overdone to make it look too realistic. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was gorgeous. It's gorgeous. You're right. You go and put in PlayStation and put on something like Grand Theft Auto or something. You're just like it's this. It doesn't even compare. You know what I mean? No, this yeah, even still it, come out as an indie game today, and people will talk about how nice it looks. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, even compared to your PlayStation 2 games, some of those look a little rough nowadays compared uh-huh. to this. True, yeah. I mean, this one, just just the graphic, the art style of this, I think is what helps it more than anything. It, the The new technology is amazing, but if you don't do anything with that technology, you can ruin it. Yeah. So the mm-hmm. fact that they took that and still had a style with it, instead of just having like realistic-looking monkeys... They have they gave these characters a style mm-hmm. that really sets it apart. It really helps it a great deal. And this is probably a good place to talk about this. This is something I never thought about as a kid. I mean, I guess the original Donkey Kong arcade game was a little bit before my time, really. Mm-hmm. I never considered how much this game single handedly made one of the longest staying, most popular Nintendo characters. Because Donkey Kong that you know today from Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, Mario Party, all the games. It's totally Donkey Kong from Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. Before that, he was sort of the villain, and he was totally different. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, the very first Donkey Kong game, it's literally Mario trying to save the princess from him. Yeah. Right. Is it Pauline, I think? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> That's her name? Yeah. I never knew I that. Think it's, I think it is. Yeah. That, was, that was the original princess name. That's Donkey amazing. Kong was Pauline. Yeah. Such a great name. <laughs> <laughs> so, y'all want, want to move on to the music? Is that, yeah. Sure. This is Trevor's show today. I'm letting him run. <laughs> so I saved the gameplay for last because actually I got so into this game when we started playing it again that I actually bought the strategy guide. <laughs> nice. So I wanted to go through some of the levels and stuff. So I yeah. thought that might take a few minutes. Nice. Okay, yeah. nice. But the music, um, if everything goes well, you've probably already heard some of that uh, during the show. So David Wise was the composer for this game. He was the sole rare composer all the way up until 1994 which is amazing when you think about how many games Rare made before 1994, that he was the sole composer up until this point from the sources I could find. Yeah, wow. he at least made one. So, <laughs> it's just... 
I will, I don't know if I should go first because I can't even express how much I love the music in this game. It will always be a part of my, I don't know, <laughs> a part of me. Yeah. I don't know how else to put it. It's just, it's the first time I remember a game. I The last time I gushed about music this much was uh, our Sonic 2 episode. Mm-hmm. And I said that actually, I think, shaped the music I enjoyed and started listening to and appreciated. This was the first time that I knew... I think that a game could actually have beautiful music. Like, not just catchy and amazing and cool, but legit beautiful ambiance, if I even knew what that word was then. but I don't know what it is now. It's it's a scent, a candle scent. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Basically, this should not have been, just like the graphics, this should not have been possible on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. They had, like, what, 64K of space for music? Not megabytes, 64K. That's crazy to think about. It's absolutely nothing short of amazing what David Wise was able to do here. You know what it is? It's happiness. When you the second yeah. you hear that music come on, don't lie. Inside there's just this joy that just explodes oh, yeah. inside you and you're just like, "Yes, I remember this." I it's it, there's a happiness to it, you know what I mean? The jungle soundy kind of music, the almost tropical, um, you know what I mean? And even in the right. the underwater worlds, all these songs when I was listening to him as I played today, just remember just thinking to myself, man, this is just so good. This game is so good. Yeah, I, I mean, what what are you going to say? I don't think anybody in their right mind would say this music is bad. <laughs> Even it's At the very least, I would say it's in the top 10 of music of all time for video games. Oh, it's yeah. as recognizable. It's in the top five, probably. The only ones I'd put above this would be Mario and Sonic. And that's because I have, have absolute love for those. But I would put this in my top five for sure. It's, I don't know how I'd rank them once you get into the, you know, the true greats, but I can't think of a game where the music is more essential to it than this one. It's, this game would not be remembered the way it is today if it weren't for the soundtrack. Not because it's not a great game, we're going to get into that, but because it's just, as far as game music goes, it was almost transcendent at the time. It was like the first time you heard the Sonic 2 or the Super Mario World theme. Yeah. It's just, or the Mario 64, um, the menu music. Oh yeah. You know. Just like wow, this is this is something new. What, what about the WWF No Mercy? <laughs> well, that was life changing. <laughs> dick, 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 diggity dog. I raved, I raved enough about the music. Uh, do y'all? Yeah, we all love it. Yeah, I mean, right. it sounds like Chris loves it. I love it. You love. Do you have it. any? I meant to look up. I did some research for this episode, but I'm terrible with titles and names of anything. Um, but I know some of my favorites are the. The jungle, there's multiple jungle themes, and they're all fantastic. Yeah. The first time you get to a jungle level and it turns dark and the music changes mm-hmm. and it starts storming, that's just amazing. And then, of course, one of the most famous pieces of music and gaming is probably the aquatic ambiance. Yeah, yeah. Ambiance. How do we say that word? Ambiance. Just like, it's, it. he really was brave. I think David, I think that's what amazes me, listening to this as an adult. As a kid, I just thought it was amazing. But this man was brave because this game is about a monkey, an ape and his little monkey friend going through levels, jumping on crocodiles and stuff. Yeah. And he dared to make a soundtrack that's dang beautiful, that's not what just I, corny. That's what I was going to say. Just If you just looked at this from the outside without ever playing it, and somebody said the music is really beautiful for this game where you're just a monkey jumping on things. Right. Yeah. People think, well, why it should be like a goofy soundtrack. That's what would be your first thought. It why add- isn't this? But for whatever reason, it works. Right. It really works. It added seriousness to what there's, shouldn't be serious. But and there's it works. parts in some of the soundtrack that actually 
added to my dread <laughs> as I was playing right. this. And maybe even more anxious, just the way it was amping up in some parts. Right. And some of it sounded like something scary was going to happen. I mean, it, he actually brought forth emotions with his soundtrack, which with the little spaces he had, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and you're right. And there's t- I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to no, say, go ahead. you're right uh, in, in that it, he made it more serious, the music, even though the game was kind of silly. Because think about it. Remember, like, when you see those snakes and you jump on it, just that springy sound and the, the sounds yeah. they make, those are just goofy sounds. But his music is absolutely gorgeous. And there's times the music is relaxing when the level is stressful, which should be a huge mistake, but it totally works and it keeps your stress in control. Yeah. Not mine. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, I had a slightly different experience with Johnny today. We'll talk we'll get, about we'll that We'll get into the gameplay. <laughs> the only other thing I'll say is this is the first time that I'm aware of, and it probably is the first time it ever happened, where he included ambiance and sound effects in with the music. And it's part of the soundtrack, not just part of the game. Oh, nice. Like, um, like there's certain, like not just the rain and things, but there's certain like jungle sounds and sounds of, of birds uh-huh. and things that are just a part of the music itself that just adds so much. Um, I wanted yeah, to ask the, you, I wanted to ask you, um, do you guys, Johnny Trevor, do you guys think this game would have been different, had a different feel if it was a different soundtrack? Like if it was like 80 oh, synth yeah. or like, you know what I mean? I think it would have been totally different. I'd. I do, it's hard to say now because we always are going to remember that music when we see the level. But I think it would have been a different experience. I really do. Here, here's what I think. I think the game itself would have still been good if it's been the oh, same yeah. game. Still would have held up. People still would have loved it. They just would have thought the soundtrack was just average. I think the game would have still held up. The fact that the yeah. music's amazing helps it a uh, great deal. I agree, except I think the gameplay still would have held up because, spoiler alert, I think the gameplay's fantastic. But I don't think I don't even know if it would have had a sequel. I don't think it would be remembered and respected the way it is I think it as something truly special. It still would have sold well. People didn't buy it. people didn't buy games back then for how the, the soundtrack. Yeah, but they didn't know. I don't think how much it was affecting them when they played it. Maybe because I didn't. <laughs> we're all we're all we're just uh what's it called when you're quarterbacking after it's already happened? <laughs> yeah, there's there's no way to know. But what do you think, Chris? Do you think it would have been seen a lot differently? Yeah, I don't know because um, there's a lot of science behind like visual stimulation and aud- auditory stimulation at the same time. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. So it it does definitely lend like the music, the pleasingness to it does lend to the experience of actually playing the game and looking at the game. Uh, and like you said, in those times when it should be very stressful and the, and the music's really kind of keeping you your stress in check. Um, if it's stressful music, that's going to be something that you, your body would react oppositely to. And you might not like that. You might, you know what I mean? Right. And so your, your experience with it, your, what you would bring up in memory whenever you heard that is not pleasant. Whereas now, like we said, you hear it an instant happiness. Now I will piggyback on that and actually agree with you in a way, Trevor, in that let's say the original Mario, the one mm-hmm. that really set everything in motion. Mm-hmm. Let's say the soundtrack was different for it. I think it would have really affected me just because mm-hmm. it's that. I mean, even to this day, that thing's in my head of how perfect it is. For I think it. you're right. It still would have been around because the game plays that strong, but I don't, I think we've lost something special and not known it. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. So, yeah. Um, so let's just jump into the gameplay. I could do a whole episode about the music, but yeah, let's, <laughs> let's jump into the gameplay. <laughs> Thank you. 
So I have the strategy guide here, and I'm just going to go through the Kong family right quick. So, of course, you have Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. And really, the main difference here is Diddy's a little bit quicker. He's more nimble. He's smaller. He's smaller, so he doesn't get hit as easy. <laughs> and Donkey Kong's stronger and can jump on top of enemies that Diddy just bounces off of. Um, I'll just say gameplay rise real quick. I think the beauty of this game is this game could actually be played in full on the original NES controller. With the, two original? <laughs> the original? The <laughs> original. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let me start over. It could be played on the NES controller. The, the original one. With two buttons. Yeah. Because all you need is the run button, which also um, does the cartwheel. Yeah, or roll. And uh, the jump button. That's all you need. Yep. And, of course, the directional pad. So I love that about it. I do like that about it, too. Unless that's, that's yeah, unless you're looking for those hidden bananas that you have to stamp your hands when you're, uh, when you're Donkey Kong. Right. Well, that just requires the roll button and down on the D-pad. True. So... It still, it only needs two buttons, but you're right. You can do a little bit of fancy work with the D-pad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that basically, basically what Chris just said is really the main difference between the two is DK can slap the ground. Mm-hmm. Johnny asked me, does that really do anything? <laughs> and what I found out is, well, no, not a lot, except maybe like in the first couple levels. But Shigeru Miyamoto um, didn't take a direct role in this game, but he requested, I mean, he, this man created Donkey Kong. He, he's, he has a right to request things. <laughs> He requested um, that they do the hand slap thing with Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> he did, really? Yeah, he did. That's so, amazing. So that's one of the things he added. Um, but as far as the different moves, uh, you can jump, you can run, you can do a cartwheel, which also kills enemies and is more important than I think I ever realized as a kid. Oh, yeah. There's certain things you can't reach unless mm-hmm. you do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can swing on vines. Probably one of the things gameplay-wise, this gameplay is so simple, which is amazing. Um. But you can pick up barrels and throw barrels, and that's probably the big thing that's just... What's your experience with that, Chris? Just Yeah, I remember just being like, wow, you pick these up, throw them, and you can use some of the barrels sometimes to open up hidden uh, caves, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. If you hit it against a certain wall, caves will open up. Um, yeah, I, I loved this when I was playing it again. I just remember how impressed I am, and even now, still impressed with the gameplay, impressed with the, the, the way the controllers respond instantaneously. Um the bounce, even the bounce, like every time they jump on something, the bouncing, all this, the the way it played mm-hmm. was just so. There's a fun factor to it too. And even though you might come across levels uh, that might d- just really frustrate you, it still doesn't take away from how fun the actual playing of the level is. Right, you always feel so in control. Yeah. I just showed Johnny something that's making him laugh. But, <laughs> but l- let me spring on that real quick. You you are so in control of what you're doing that it brings back to mind that feeling of the original Super Mario Brothers, yeah. except it's its own thing. When you're jumping on the tires, you feel in control. Yeah. When you're throwing the barrels, and that that feeling is just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, I was going to the different um, cast of characters. Yeah. And Candy Kong is the... Is the okay, let me... Just, let yeah. me okay. Candy Kong is... Is she supposed to be Donkey Kong's girlfriend? Yeah. But they have the same last name. I just want to point that out. Well, in the, in the something we're going to get to later, she's definitely his girlfriend. In the game, I don't know if it ever said. Okay. All right. Uh, anyway, let's, let's, let's just say this. It's, she's, they make it very obvious that she's a woman Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's very, but they make it just- as if she's almost a human. She has a lot more human characteristics like she's than got, the other ones do. Like long hair? Yeah, but while, the reason I was laughing <laughs> is, yeah, just long hair, that's it. Yeah, the reason I was laughing is Trevor has the strategy guy, like he said, and 
And the picture for her shows her from the front and shows her from the back. What? And yep. she's in a very, she's got her hand on her hip. I'm going to send this to Chris so he can comment. Oh, yeah. man. So, in this whole strategy guide, this is the only character it shows from the front and back, and I don't understand why. Yeah. I hope they're trying to be funny and not actually, you know, something else. <laughs> That's how you sell, man. That stuff sells magazines. <laughs> so, the Chris is coming to you, Chris. The Chris. Yeah. I'll... The picture's coming to you. Nice. Um, yeah, they definitely didn't do it for Cranky Kong. He just got a front view. <laughs> While Chris is enjoying that. Um... <laughs> oh, man. That is Look at crazy. That. What were they? So Ken, oh, man. I don't know what they were thinking when they put the strategy guide together. By oh. the way, this is the official Nintendo Power strategy guide. <laughs> to be fair... To be fair, I don't know what they were thinking when they designed that character in the first place. Right. This is technically a game for children. What's Yes. What's the name of the yeah. guy that designed him that had the say in the hand stamping? Did he have a say in all these different characters also? That's a good question. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, Miyamoto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, don't th- I think this is very rare. This is uh, definitely British design characters. <laughs> oh, it's man. probably just a, a kind of humor we don't understand. But anyways, Candy Kong, the sole female uh, monkey, is... Uh, what you you have to find her to save. You save your progress, which we should mention was still a pretty big deal at this time. The Sonic game certainly didn't let you save your progress. Yeah. Um. Oh, we're going to compare Sonic and this when I get to talk about the gameplay. Oh yeah. So you got Candy Kong. You got Funky Kong, who seems kind of useless at first, but actually he's not. Um, he flies you around the island. So, for example, let's say you find a Funky Kong, but you've not found a save point. You can fly back to a previous island and save your progress, or earn lives in one of the easy levels, things like that. Let's not talk about how it took me forever to understand that concept. It took me ten minutes trying to explain to Johnny how <laughs> Funky Kong works. Today when I was playing it, and I got to the Funky Kong the first time, and he shows you what he does, and, and all of a sudden it kind of pulls back to show you the map, right? I didn't yeah. realize, like, I, I forgot what to do, so I hit, you know, what to do to play next, and I ended up playing the first level again, not realizing, like, I was, oh. like, I was like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> instead of coming out and just moving on yeah trevor tried to explain to me why he was important and i kept saying i don't understand why he's even in the game because how can i go to a part i haven't been to yet to save it if i haven't been to that point yet <laughs> but because in my head i thought you could only save something at a save point one time you couldn't go back there. right <laughs> but no you can go multiple times so a character who truly is i'm sad to say is not important in this game is cranky kong um <laughs> Some cool things about Cranky Kong, though. In the game, all he does is kind of talk bad to you, make you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. And he'll throw out a hint every now and then. He's like our self-consciousness. He'll give you a hint where to find lives occasionally. What I found out is this character was originally meant to be super nice, but they decided sort of at the last second to make him cranky. Um, Also, well, let me just read this from me from the manual, because if y'all don't know this, it kind of blew my mind a little bit. I didn't know this as a child. Cranky Kong is the star of the original Donkey Kong games. Whoa. <laughs> he got old. Oh. He got old. Oh, man. He's, don- kinda, he's Donkey Kong. <laughs> that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. He's Donkey Kong. Uh, the character Donkey Kong that you know now is his nephew. That's awesome. That's really awesome. <laughs> yeah. So there's, and then of course you got Donkey and Diddy. And I think Diddy is supposed to be his nephew. I, Donkey Kong's nephew. I think so. Or his best friend, one or the other. Uh, real quick, the characters you get to ride. Uh, Rambi the Rhino. Yeah. Uh, what do y'all guys think about Rambi? Fun. I think honestly, I'll just go ahead and say all the animals were, that you got the ride are actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Some are more frustrating Ram- than others. Oh yes, yeah. Rambi is the most I feel like useful yeah. and the yeah. one I always look forward to the most. Yeah. Uh, he can bust through secret areas really quick. Secret, secret areas. <laughs> <laughs> he, he can plow through enemies. Yeah. 
Espresso, you don't get espresso a whole lot. Uh, that's the ostrich. But but it's an awesome animal though. It yeah. can actually kind of glide and fly a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, guard or guard, however you say that, the swordfish. Yeah. That one's awesome. Yeah. Squawks. Um, in this game, doesn't actually do anything except light the path for you. You don't actually get to control squawks. Right. Uh, that's the parrot. But the next one's the most frustrating of them all. Winky the frog. Oh, yeah. Um, me and Johnny seem to get killed when we get Winky more than if we just don't get Winky. Yeah, I don't bother. <laughs> he does little, yeah, he, yeah. he gets little extra jumps and stuff, and it kind of throws you off. Mm-hmm. He's really good for reaching high areas because of how well he jumps, but it also gets you killed a lot because he's got a weird hop to him when you're just trying right. to you know, the inch somewhere. You know what annoyed me was um, I kept trying to do what you can do in Mar- Super Mario World where you can jump with Yoshi and then jump even higher off of Yoshi. You know what I'm? Tra- I kept trying to do that with this, trying to reach like one of the letters or something to to spell out Kong, and I, yeah. I couldn't. I was getting frustrated. I was like, "Forget it, forget it. I'm just gonna leave you here." And speaking of, did you know, Chris? One of the best ways to reach those letters that seem impossible is you can actually roll into the abyss, yeah, and yeah. then jump, yeah, jump, yeah. yeah. That's I definitely did not know that as a kid because I never got some of those letters. Oh, really? I remember seeing that yeah. as a kid, just being like, "Oh, look what you can do now!" It was just like discovering this new trick you know what i mean right well i was an ignorant child (laughs) and i'm an ignorant man (laughs) so just real quick i'll go through some of the baddies (laughs) uh the bad guys y'all just sound off your opinions you know on paper the character the enemies aren't anything special in this game but in the game they're fantastic because they all behave differently yeah they're predictable but they're all different from each other Mm -hmm. uh critter is the different um the alligators that are just walking basically yeah yeah they're kind of your common fodder. There's different versions, though. The blue ones are a little trickier. I like the one, the big, fatter one with the, the army helmet. Yeah, that's Clump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the the serious case of beer gut. Yeah. Um, he, he's fun. He looks, he, like, he looks like me if I was in this game. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> that's the one that Diddy Kong needs to uh, to roll into because he's not strong enough to knock him out on his head. <laughs> yeah. Crusha is a, is a serious dude. He's the big, blue... Um, I'm not sure what he's supposed to be. He's like roided out, isn't he? They're he all kind of yeah. alligators. <laughs> yeah, they're, I guess they're all Kremlings. The, that's the name of the bad guys as a whole. Claptrap is the little annoying blue alligator that claps and traps. <laughs> okay. Oh, man, Rock Croc. I only remember, <laughs> I only remember Rock Croc in one level. What you see now? Rock Croc. It's just okay. a great name. It sounds like it sounds like some kind of disease you get it if you get so, somebody. You got the Rock Croc. You're gonna feel like you have a disease if you make it to the. Stop I gotta go to the doctor. I'm getting some pains in a certain area that I can't talk about on a family show. Sir, you have Rock Croc. <laughs> um, he's in the stop and go level where you have to hit the barrels to make him stop running. Oh, I hate him. He's oh, horrible. Yeah, man, that's right. You, you can't beat him. You can't hurt him. To, to my knowledge, oh. yeah. Can you hit him with the barrel? I always wondered that. Maybe the steel barrel. Speaking of. Again, I was a foolish, ignorant child. <laughs> the, the, do you uh, know? I'm sure you know this, Chris, as a bright child. But the the steel barrel, if you throw it against a wall, then jump on it, you can ride it a long way and knock over enemies and stuff. You can actually ride on the barrel. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't ignorant like you. Then you got a <laughs> you got Necky and Mini Necky, which are your vultures. I hate them. Hate them with a passion. Yeah. Zinger, which definitely is not inducing. That's yep. the bees. Yeah. Mankey Kong, I did not know that was their name. That's the orange orangutan that throws barrels really quick. Uh, Army is the armadillo, which is very annoying. Yeah. Uh, Slippa the snake, I never minded Slippa. They're actually kind of easy to kill, I think. Yeah. Then you got Chomps and Chomps Jr. That's the the uh, sharks. Mm-hmm. 
You know, this game had a lot of different enemies. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Squidge, which is the squid. Um, Clambo the Clam that yeah. likes to shoot those pearls at you at the worst possible moment. <laughs> yep. And then you got Croctopus, who's the <laughs> octopus. <laughs> Croctopus sounds like a, a daggum uh, sci-fi film come to life. Yep. It's Croctopus. <laughs> Sharknado versus Croctopus. I'd watch it. <laughs> so, do y'all want me to just uh, name off some of the levels really quick and see if you have any nightmares or memories or anything? I had a question real quick. Did they have a name yeah. for the that big giant beaver at the end of the first oh, level? Oh, that was... That was Naughty and very naughty. Oh you find him a couple times. Remember, and there's really naughty. You remember when you beat him and it looked like he had a hairball? He's just kind of... Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he's trying to cough up a hairball. <laughs> he has to be the saddest excuse for a first boss ever. <laughs> he's just so easy to beat. So amazing. But uh, Yeah, there's three different versions of him. Naughty, really naughty, and very naughty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess we could mention there's a boss fight at the end of every world, so every set of levels. Yeah. There's usually five or six levels in a world, plus your save points and things. Uh, the boss fights are probably the one part about this game that is easy slash disappointing, depending how you look at it. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was almost a reward for beating these really, really hard levels to have a fairly easy boss fight. Mm-hmm. But the boss fights, with maybe two exceptions, really aren't very tough. Right. Um, but yeah, the Congo Jungle is your first world, and it starts off with, you know, like the original Mario Brothers, just a Super Mario Brothers, just a real easy-going, fun level, like getting you pumped up for some fun, basically. Yes. It's it's a great it's a great first level to get you into how the game controls and plays. Right. They're basically showing off right away. This is this is what you're about to get into. Yeah. And even in this first simple level, there's two bonus areas. There's bonus caves all over this game. Some of them are really tricky to find. Um, and you go into Ropey Rampage, which is awesome because now you're still in the jungle, but it's not time and it's raining. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, and that really shows what the Super Nintendo could do. Honestly, mm-hmm. the fact that they even added rain to what already looked great. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it really changes things up. You go in the caves. Uh, and the, I'll say the music in this cave is just one of the times where the ambiance definitely makes the level what it is. Yeah. It sounds like a dripping cave. It's pretty sweet. Uh, let's see. Then, when my mind, I think, was really, really blown again, uh, Coral Capers is your first underwater level. Yeah. And it just looked so amazing, and the soundtrack was so amazing. Now, I will say that for most of your platforming video games, when there was a water level, I usually hated them. Right. Yeah. I usually couldn't stand them. This one, while it wasn't my favorite, it definitely was done well where I wanted to see like where everything was at on it. It really is one of the only underwater levels in games that I like. Some of my favorite games, the nor- Notorious... Zelda Ocarina of Time, the Water oh, Temple. Yeah. It's super frustrating. That Ninja Turtles, the original Ninja Turtles game yep. for NES. Yep. Still get nightmares about that water level. Yep. But this game, it works. Um, does your uh, Does your game game guide there tell you all the little secret hidden places? It oh does. yeah. Yep. It does. That's great. Yeah, yeah. This was a really uh, This is a really good seven dollars. I remember uh, being completely <laughs> shocked when I was like trying to stay as close to one of the, the coral sides of the walls to avoid something, and all of a sudden he went through. And I was like, wait, yep. there's a whole world of bananas in here. <laughs> this game is, I think the the original advertisement claimed 100 levels, and it's really because there's so many secret areas. Yeah. Um, I will say, before I get accused of anything, I did not use this guide at all playing the game. Uh, I've used it afterwards, though. Um, now I'll skip ahead, son. The next said world is called Monkey Mines, and for a lot of people, this is where the challenge begins. Oh, man. <laughs> He's talking about me. 
So you start off with a pretty simple, uh, you're on that walkway in the mines. Um, I, again, I love the music in the mines. And then I'm going to let you guys tell, talk about the next level, Minecart Carnage. Well, you're right, because they start out easy, and you're walking at that first level. It's nothing. You just bounce right. on a couple vultures, and you're done. And you're like, oh, this is going to be nothing. Yep. And then you get the Minecart levels, which Johnny loves. Oh, yeah. They're my favorite, as you can tell from the sarcasm. Uh, I'm going to save all my talking when I get to talk about the controls and stuff. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to save it all for this. I remember well, this is where me and you are going to differ. I did. Um, I was with. I'm with you on this level, though, Johnny, because I it was frustrating. I remember when I sat down and I was thinking to myself, I've done this before. I, all the muscle memory was coming back. I was remembering where all these little hidden things were, where all the hidden bananas were. Jump on top of this thing, and like I was remembering all this stuff. So I'm like, okay, I can, I can take. And I remember when you told me, Johnny, you were playing these and the frustration. And I remember thinking, yeah, I'm going to be fine. I'll remember this. This is not going to be. <laughs> problem um i want to mention when i was playing this a few hours ago that i had not i i went without dying up until then wow and then <laughs> That's pretty every good. one of them is like pop 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 and i'm like this is come on are you <laughs> kidding me right now? and then <laughs> yeah. even i was so close i saw the arrow the end and then that surprise at the end too and i'm like come oh on. yeah that crumbling in the cart right at the end yes. of the level and, yeah. and you better hope that you hit that 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 halfway halfway level barrel because you don't oh, want to yeah. have to start that whole level over again. Yeah. Now I, I, let me go ahead and just say my thing about the okay. controls. I'll just go ahead and get it out of the way here. Now before I say this, I do love this game quite a bit. I really truly do. Get ready for some heresy. So here we go. All right. Trevor and I both this week played this and Sonic Mania, which is the new Sonic the Hedgehog game, but it's very similar to Sonic Two. So to give yeah. Chris an idea of how it plays, nice and how and how it looks. And we both we both love both games. We ju- mm-hmm. both really do. I was much much better at Sonic than I was at this. It wasn't even close. You were telling me that Sonic got you very frustrated at times, mm-hmm. very angry, angry like rage. <laughs> I was frustrated because there's a lot of cheap deaths in it, and there are. Mm-hmm. But I felt quite opposite in that Donkey Kong Country. I felt there's a lot of cheap deaths, and I was getting very angry to the fact where I had to quit playing this quite a few times. I was cussing terrible words. I mean, they were horrible. Like if I was, if I was a Catholic, I'd be in confession booth all week long trying to cleanse myself from these words that I said. They were terrible things. I wished horrible things upon you, Trevor, and I'm sorry about those because it was your fault I was playing this. Right. I'm in Hicks. <laughs> so I'm going to say something. But now, but now let me say that. All right. But I will say the controls are very, very good. Once you get the pattern down, for I'll just use the minecart level since yeah. that's where we're at. Once I got the pattern down, I still died a few times, and that's why I would get frustrated. But the more you did it, the better I did get at it. Yeah. And, and I did get to where I could beat it. Like I went back and beat it again, and I think I only died once the, the, the second right. time I played it. So. And what you just said for me is the key. In Donkey Kong Country, I always knew, to me, and you're probably going to hate me when I say this. I already do. I feel like there was only maybe two cheap deaths in the whole game. I disagree 100%. Because I always knew why I died, and I always felt like, okay, if I'm a little quicker, if my timing's a little better, I can get it next time. But I would argue it's that's crazy the same hard. with Sonic, though. With Sonic, I felt like the first time you do a certain level, and you know I adore Sonic, um, the first time you do a level, there's sometimes there's just nothing you can do about it. Yeah, you could have got no, there quicker. There's no way you could have avoided certain you things. You could have got there quicker. Could've jumped and don't keep on country, technically... Now, I'm not good at games. I've said that before, so I can't do it. <laughs> but technically, if you're great at games in general, 
you could actually beat every level in this game the first try, not knowing what's coming, I believe. Mm. Because with one or two exceptions, I said. Chris and I are not going to agree with this. Because it's all about precision and timing and there were, and practice there were honestly for times, us mortals. Though, there were honestly times, <laughs> though, where I know for a fact that I jumped on a bad guy and it still killed me because the, the hit detection was a little off, I guess. I feel like the hit detection in this game is very generous, though. There's times I feel like I should have died more often than the other way around. Uh, that, that was anti-generous to me that a few times. There's a part. But I will also say. I will also say. Sorry, Chris. I will go. also say. <laughs> just to, just to say this, I played this on my Wii U. I yeah. I did play it differently, so that had a little bit to do with it. Though I did play it over here with you <laughs> recently. I played way worse when we were playing together. Yeah. I'll say that. So, so <laughs> I don't like, know why. It didn't change very much. I'm still getting frustrated, but it was easier because you were there and I could at least laugh at it instead of being mad. Right. But. You know, I was using the pro, the Wii U Pro controller, which is just like an Xbox controller. Yeah. It controlled very well. Still, I felt, and there were times where I was killed where I know that I shouldn't have been. I mean, if I'm if I'm terrible hmm. at something, I admit it a hundred percent. I don't, and I'm not good at this game. I'm not. I but, know those virtual console ports are amazing, but I almost wonder. I still if they died when I, I still died when I was playing with you on the. Yeah, but thing. I never saw you die when you shouldn't have. <laughs> no, there were times. There were times. All right, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I think the game is very generous with the hit detection. Is all I'm saying. There is this a, is my this is the argument Trevor and I have had all week. All right, let's let Chris talk. He's the mediator. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say there is a part in the mines, these mines, where I did find you had to have Donkey and Diddy because no matter what, no matter how many times I tried to time it, I still landed on one of those crashed over carts near the end. Um, I know what you're talking about. And it about. was only yep. because I had Diddy or Donkey to to move forward and and finally beat it. Um, after because it was no matter what I did, I would try jumping later, jumping earlier, letting the fir- that front wheel barely come off that front track before I everything I tried, no matter what, that back end continued to just land on that broken cart, and I was just like, I know Are you exact- supposed I kn- to have both guys then. You know what I mean? Well, I know I- the exact part you're talking about. And I'll just say this because this will make you mad. It made me mad. Trevor did it in front of my face and oh, never hit a freaking thing. Oh. I'm so, not kidding. The minecart levels, I'll just go and say, minecart levels are my absolute favorite. I'm sad there's only two of them. I hated them. Hated um, them. And, yeah, that first minecart level, you guys know I don't brag about being good at games. <laughs> I feel like I can about do it with my eyes closed at this point. Oh. He's very good at it. It really is a muscle memory level. You can totally do it without getting hit. I will say, though, in Chris's defense, I don't know about Johnny. Um, <laughs> I'm playing on a Super Nintendo with a Super Nintendo controller on a CRT TV. Same. There's no delay, no lag. Oh, you are? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I thought maybe you were playing it with a controller that had lag no, or something. No, I but. actually had the, the Super Nintendo control the whole, the whole setup, yeah. Well, it is, but I do know what you're talking about because I've fought before in the past that you just can't do that. And I don't know what it is. It's almost just this rhythm. This game punishes you for getting out of the rhythm. Yeah. But once you get in that rhythm, you can do things you're like, you just, I didn't know I could do that. I'm going to have to do and it now. I'm that's gonna, what's so good about it. This is my life goal for the weekend is to make, to go <laughs> through that without dying. Like this minecart level was one of the ones where I was getting very angry and I had to leave the game for a day, honestly. <laughs> I, I, again, I'm not trying to inspire hatred. I'll move on after this. But I wish the minecart level was longer. That's how much I enjoy it. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with you and wish they didn't exist. <laughs> But the second minecart level does fulfill my wish. It's much harder oh, it's and quite a bit longer. Yeah, <laughs> and I did die in it, <laughs> for yeah, sure. It's much worse. Um, so I hate to skip levels, but just in the sake of time, uh, Vine Valley is the next area. Oh, yeah. And it's sort of like a swampy, deep, dense forest. Yeah. Um, just beautiful levels. But this is, again, where the game's really picking up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Treetop Town adore the, the atmosphere of this game, of this level. Uh, did you ever play the PC game Mist? No. Chris? 
this level reminds me of Mist with the treetop uh-huh. uh, village. Um, and even at that time, I'd played Mist on my Sega Saturn, so I just love that. Nice. Um, but this level is super, super tough. This is the one with the barrels, and if you jump in the barrel at the wrong time, it'll automatically launch you to your death. Um, <laughs> Here, here's, yeah. where, here's where I'm going to say the difference for me when it comes to this and Sonic. Even when I was getting killed in Sonic, I felt like I could keep going because of the whole ring, how he, how he does the rings. As long as I had a ring, I knew I was okay. On this one, the difficulty... This game gets more and more difficult as you go. Oh, like yeah. It definitely it does. Up. It definitely it definitely does. And it also got to a point where if it wasn't for the show, I would have just quit playing it for a long time. That's how it is for me. I know it was different for you, to be fair. So, I guess I'll drop my next thing to get hated. <laughs> Alright. I wasn't going to say anything, but Johnny just noticed it. So, I started playing this game in time for the show, hoping to get, like, halfway through it. I beat the game like five days ago, oh and I've God. not, I've not played it for five days because I beat it quick, and I'm sad <laughs> that I beat it that quick. I was, but to be, f- <laughs> go ahead. I was just gonna. That's funny because I was just about to say this is what I loved about these older games is that it was it made you have to play it more and more and more because it wasn't so easy to beat. But never mind. It really wasn't. <laughs> I mean, it was. It felt like an accomplishment to beat some of these levels, but I just got so addicted. I just couldn't stop. It's not that I'm. I mean, I've definitely had this game as a kid, for sure. And there are things I remembered. But a lot of the stuff I didn't remember. Mm-hmm. And I died over and over and over and over again. But I always knew I could just do better if I played one more time. Now, I will say, in all, fairness, in all fairness to this, you're just better at this game than I am. I mean, you just are. I'm just not that good at it. I just like it, so I keep trying. Well, you explained it really well. Sonic, again, is my most nostalgic game ever, Sonic 2. But the truth is, this kind of gameplay fits the way I play more because it's very deliberate. You kind of get in the rhythm and you're precise. Sonic almost expects you to give up some of that control and almost kind of wing it a little bit. And I think that's why Sonic frustrates me in those wing it moments. Yeah, and I like to wing it, so it helps me yeah. out quite a bit. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, so... Um, but I want you to say that I'm better than you at Sonic. I am better than you at Sonic, yeah. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> So you got a bunch more Drungle levels. Uh, drungle. Drungle. <laughs> Clam City, which is a very challenging underwater level. Um, oh, here we oh, go. Here we go. <laughs> now, here's okay. a level that right. made me angry. Yeah, here I Legit go. Angry. Let me just say this. This game makes me just absolutely detest barrels. Can't stand barrels. Hate them with a passion. So Gorilla Glacier is the snow world. When I see a barrel, I'm going to literally set it on fire. I don't care what the barrel's for. And the first level in Gorilla Glacier... A snow barrel blast. Oh my goodness. Johnny, look at this. This is the uh, map. Oh, but guess what? There's more. Yeah, it's literally two pages of a Four of the pages, map. yeah. It's a huge, huge level. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, I don't know how far you got in the game, but it's like in earlier games when you're getting in the barrel, barrels are a big part of this, yeah. of this whole gameplay. Like the barrels, uh, some of them will go, uh, what'd you say? Like it's not a 360, it's a 180. Yeah, back and forth. Yeah, back and forth. And those I could kind of get eventually, though it got pretty comical at times for yeah. me. But then when you get to this level, they completely spin around in the 360, making it even more tough. Yeah, I remember. Right. It's just an absolutely brutal level. Um, Derek, my brother, came over the other day, and he played this level, and he remembered the the snow is so thick in this level that it's intentionally obscuring your view some, somewhat. Yeah. And, and the barrels are spinning 360 degrees, and then you got bees going around. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I was just, Johnny, I'm going to feel what you feel because it was during this level that a lot of my cursing came out. Every time my time, <laughs> my timing was off and it would shoot me into oblivion. 
cheap plug. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 another curse. And it was like, come on. Are you kidding me? Yeah. My wife heard me upstairs yelling on this level for sure. <laughs> and here's, here's, you want to know a sick thing? When I finally beat this level, I was on cloud nine, which it was an amazing feeling. <laughs> but the save point, this is the first level in a new world, meaning you don't have a save point available. Oh, yeah. Four more challenging levels after this one before you can save the game. That's right. It's the one point in the game where I did feel genuine stress to a point that it almost overruled my fun because I wanted to make it to the save point so bad. This is the most brutal section in the whole game, in my opinion, because you got five super challenging levels back to back to back, and then you got a save point. But if you do it, it's such an amazing feeling. I mean, I'm not a loser or anything, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it's not as good as getting married, you know, and other good things. But <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if your wife's going to hear this episode. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't listen to us. Actually, she just texted me from upstairs and asked for almost done. So <laughs> we kind of got a late start. Crim uh, Croc Industries is the next world. It's a very industrial setting. Some super tough levels in there as well. Um, just a quick shout out to, uh, Minecart Madness, <laughs> which is the other Minecart level. Oh. Um, Blackout Basement, where the lights are off for half the time. Oh, that's yeah, pretty tricky. that's right. Yeah. And then you got Chimp Caverns. Um, and this is where probably one of the other trickiest levels in the game come, comes in. It's called Tanked Up Trouble. You're on this cart type thing that goes on a track. But it runs out of fuel, and if you miss a fuel tank, you're going to die, basically. you got to collect fuel as you go. It's extremely tricky. Um, Chris, I don't know if you remember that one, because I didn't remember it until no, I replayed it. No, but. no. <laughs> There's another fantastic picture of a monkey butt. <laughs> wow, that's pretty rough. So I was wrong. They do show Donkey Kong from the backside, too. So that's fair, I guess. <laughs> yep, you got several cavern and mine top levels right in a row, and then... You get to, oh, Platform Perils, the last regular level of the game. Absolutely one of the toughest levels in the game. And then you have uh, Gangplate Galleon, which is the final level, which is really just a boss fight against King K. Rule. You're on the pirate ship fighting him. And I guess this is spoilers since you guys didn't beat it yet, but... Well, I technically saw it because I looked on yours. So I didn't, I didn't remember this, and it makes me wonder if I actually even beat it as a kid. When you think you beat King K. Rule on this pirate ship, the credits start rolling, but it's all goofy stuff. Like, um, it all starts with a K, like costume designer, but it starts with a K, you know, because the whole Donkey Kong thing. And then King K. Rule starts twitching, and he gets back up and fights you again. Um, and then you beat him the second time, and the real credits roll. So I thought that was kind of fun. And the only thing I'll say about the ending is the reason you need to beat this game is Donkey Kong beats the living crap out of Diddy Kong in the ending. <laughs> like, he hits him over the head with his fist. He kicks him while he's down. Oh, my gosh. Diddy Kong terrible. starts it just, like, pulling a prank, but Donkey Kong knocks the far out of him. That sounds terrible. It's That's really, abuse. It's something else. That doesn't stand up in today's society. No. Um. So, yeah, that's the game. I beat it. I will say I only beat it at 60%. I didn't collect near any everything at all. Uh, there's the Kong letters... Chris, are you still there, by the way? Yeah, I'm, he's here. Here. I'm here. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> he's a listener. He's a good listener. Uh, the Kong letters you collect, the uh, different animal icons that let you go to those bonus levels. Um, Were you one of those kids else? that had to make sure you tried to collect and do every single thing in the game to tell yourself you truly beat it? I was until the game got super tough, and I was just wanted to survive, to be honest. 
And I was kind of that way as an adult too. Once I got to the later levels, I'm like, I don't care. Just let me through it. Cause it's just, it's so tough. <laughs> One of my favorite things was co- collecting the golden animals so that you could run. It was, it yeah. reminded me of that, um, that level in Super Mario World where it's, you can just fly around and collect nothing, but there's coins after coins after coins. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah that is on Snow Barrel Blast level. That's the saving grace yeah. is you actually get to keep collecting that token over and over. Yep. Um, okay. Before we move on to final, I know I've talked a lot because I have the strategy guide in front of me. Before I move on to final ratings, do you want to say anything else about the gameplay, about the feel of it, anything? Oh, God, I, I don't know what else to say. It's just amazing, amazing game. And like you said, the, the feel of the game, the responsiveness of the controls, the look of it, it was just overall, it's, it's, it's just so much fun, a very fun game. It, well, I'll get into it when I say my score, but the controls <clears throat> themselves are very good and exact like you said. So I can't really – we've definitely played games that controlled way, way worse than this. Like, I would argue we've probably not played any of the controlled better. I would argue that's that where we, we differ. Probably Mario plays better than this, but that's just my Mario opinion. Three has perfect controls. Yeah, but doesn't mean I enjoy them more. I enjoy them more, but that's me. But we're kind of getting in review territory here, so let's move into it. Okay. Johnny go first all right. to set the mood. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I know it sounds like I'm the Debbie Downer. I'm just trying to make you see that this game's not a 10. It's not a 10. I hate to tell you. It's not a 10. We'll see if it is when I give my review. And you, if you give it a 10, I'm going to say you're lying. Now, it's a really, really good game. It's a very, very good game. I like it. I can see why it spawned more Donkey Kong games. And I'm glad that it did because me and you have played the uh, ones for the Wii U and um, the was Wii. one on the Wii. Yep. And those, those are both fantastic. Yeah, and those are really fun. And they're just as hard, probably. Because I know we had yeah. a tough time, even though you could play those together at the same time. Oh, yeah. We'll just go ahead and say it real quick. This oh, yeah. Is, this is technically a two-player game, too. Oh, that's right. It just does it differently. Uh, well, you should say that real quick. It's It does two-player in a way that I wish Mario and Sonic had done it. You're not playing at the same time, but you're like a tag team. Yeah. As soon as one of you gets hit, the other one instantly starts playing. Or, you, or when you tag the other one in, you switch places. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. I did like that. That's a very interesting way. If you're not going to let both play at the same time, that's a good way to do it. And like, I, and I will say that Sonic 2 should have done that since you had Tails with you. You'd be able yeah. to tag them in and then the other person could take over. It really makes a difference. Yeah. I really did like that. That's very cool. And it was more fun for me that way. I felt less frustrated mm-hmm. because I could laugh at it more because you were there. And that made me laugh more at it. I got frustrated with this game a lot to the point where I get that a game needs to be difficult. I get it 100%. A lot of the games that we've covered for the show have been very, very hard. And this one I will go back and play eventually at some point. But the issue is it gets so hard at times that I did quit. I didn't care if I went (laughs) back and played it. The only reason I did was for his show. And here's another spoiler alert. When When we decided we were going to do Sonic Mania... I played it way more than I played this. And that's just that's just the truth. And I like it more than this. And I gave Sonic Mania... Well, should I go ahead and say that when I gave it? Hopefully that episode's coming out first. Yep. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, Chris. That's that mini episode <laughs> I just sent you. Uh, I gave it a 9, and I felt very good about that mm-hmm. score. This one's tough for me, because I 100% understand why you like it so much. I really do. I get it. And it sounds like I'm trying to destroy it. But I do like it a lot. It's a lot of fun, especially playing with a friend, honestly. Right. I probably enjoyed it more that way than I did playing by myself. I'm going to give this, I think it deserves eight and a half. And 
I almost want to go to a 9, but I gave Sonic Mania a 9, and I feel that was a more fun game. I'm going just for fun than mm-hmm. this one was. They both are very, very good, and I definitely say this is RetroBlist approved by far. And I think this game probably holds its value, I would assume. Most of these do. Yeah, it's um, it's still in the $25 range. It's, it's so definitely good. worth that. I would say it's <clears> definitely <throat> worth that. And I'm going to go back and play it eventually. I just have to take a break from it for a little while so I can calm down and like myself again a little bit. <laughs> Chris, do you want to go next? Or? Yeah, sure. Uh, what can I say? The game, I loved it, uh, like I said before. The look of it. Uh, the nostalgia, just playing it today, the nostalgia came back. Um, the, the responsiveness, the, the the way that these characters looked, the movements, uh, each of their their own unique attacks, uh, the unique looks of all the different bad guys, the number of bad guys, the number of levels, the way these worlds looked, um, the music, everything about it. I gotta I, I gotta say I love it. This this is for me is uh, because I'm not as big of a gamer as you guys are. I love video games that are part of my life and 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 my makeup. However, I feel like it's in your guys's blood. Whereas for me, it's 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 not that deep. So um, I don't really have high lists of this is a top game for me or that's a top game for me. But this one, I would have to say, I put it right up there with Qbert and Dig Dug. Uh, I'd even put it <laughs> I'd even put it up there with Shaq Fu. So I'm gonna give this a nine. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what he would give Shaq food. <laughs> That's Johnny was <laughs> so Shaq was a perfect ten. <laughs> <laughs> well, Johnny was wrong when he said that, that I like this game. Um, that is not a strong enough of a word. The I don't know if I remembered how much I loved this game until I went back and played it. Like I said, I played every single level. I beat the game. I was sad when I beat the game because, unlike Johnny, I wanted to play more. And this is not a little game. For a platformer, it's got, I think, 31 core levels, plus your six or seven boss fights, plus tons and tons of bonus rooms. I certainly did not collect nearly everything. I think I was at 60% when I beat it, so barely over half of collected stuff. Um, I just adore this game. Here's the thing. This game made waves and was critically acclaimed when it came out. Part of that was because it looked so amazing. I mean, it looked like better than anything anyone had ever seen. It's safe to say it's not hyperbole. Sorry, as I hiccup on the microphone again. Um, it's not hyperbole or hyperbole. How do you say it? Hyperbole. I had it right the first time. You question my own stupid head. Question my stupid It's like a really fast football game. So the hyperbole. Um, it's not hyperbole to say that this was the best looking console game people had seen when it came out. There just wasn't anything that looked like this. But the thing is, I mean, I've played games that look almost photorealistic now. You know, I have an Xbox One, you know, a Switch, blah, blah, blah. Breath of the Wild is gorgeous. This game would not hold up just on graphics for me today. It's the gameplay that is just, for me, it's perfect. Now, I will never say that it's better than Mario 3. I think on on every technical level, Mario 3 is like the perfect platformer. Agree. It's not my favorite. It's not actually my favorite Mario game. We haven't covered that yet. But this gameplay is probably not quite as perfect. But for me, it just speaks to me on so many levels. I, I, I adore the bounciness, the the way you're swinging and bouncing and shooting from barrels, the timing that's required of you, the satisfaction for beating a challenge. And... Nine and a half is the highest rating I've given on this show. And that was for Mario 3, 
Although I admit it, I was terrible. I was surprised how terrible I was at that game. Yeah, I was good at that. But one. it was such a perfect game. <laughs> um, I think you gave Sonic two. Sonic a two, I gave a nine and a half. Yeah. And the Sonic two has the nostalgia factor riding even higher than this game does. So it means a lot for me to say. I think this game holds up. This is this is going to be crazy. I think this game holds up slightly better than Sonic two. That is crazy. It's the dumbest thing. <gasps> I don't think it holds up better than Mario 3 because Mario 3 has not aged a single day. Sonic 2, there's certain things that I would change if I could go back. The only thing I would change about Donkey Kong Country is that one segment that just felt too brutal. I would put an extra save point. I would maybe make the bosses a little bit less lame. (laughs) Although, they're kind of endearing. And I would add more levels because you can't have enough of it. So, I I adore this game. It's a 9.5 out of 10. Spoiler alert, I can't give it a 10 because it's not my favorite Donkey Kong Country. There's one better. There's one better that is truly one of the greatest games of all time. And um, even if I have to do it myself, I'm going to cover that on the show at some point. (laughs) He's saying that because he thinks I'm going to hate it. Um, (laughs) Because it's probably harder than this one. (laughs) It is. Yeah. It's 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 bigger and harder in every way, but <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> graphics, gameplay, and maybe especially the music, phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal. Done. That's all I can say. So it's definitely right your list approved. Yes, I mean my eight and a half. You probably think it's 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 a terrible thing to say, but that's still pretty high. <laughs> oh yeah, that's still pretty high. I mean, I yeah. I knew mine was going to be higher than yours. Yeah, it's still a great game. I highly recommend it. Still. And I don't think we're breaking new ground and saying that this game is definitely one that everybody oh, no. should play at least once. I was shocked how much I adore it still, yeah. but I wasn't surprised it's great. And what are we doing next? You got the list over there. So, uh, let's go to fan feedback, because we got some on this. All right. And this episode's going a little long, so I'll try to move a little quicker. Yeah, go fast. Um, So, on Instagram, go follow RetroBlist on Instagram, please. <laughs> I asked for... <laughs> this is where we're also bad. You're so nice. I'd just be like, do it now! Do it or else. That's what I usually say, but he tells me not to. So I posted a picture of my original uh, Super Nintendo, which was packed in with Donkey Kong Country. Nice. Like I said, I was a Sega guy. My brother bought a Super Nintendo, I think, much earlier on. But we were bad to sell systems and then try to get them later. And at some point, I went back and bought it. And at that point, it was packed in with Donkey Kong Country. Um, Anyways, on there, uh, Real Tim Barnett from Australia. Oh, Oh, good day, mate. That's our favorite place now. He said he was a Sega fanboy back then, so he really never played this one. But he's looking forward to the podcast. Then Chunwa Hakong, I always say that name wrong. It's Chunwa Kong. Chunwa Kong. It's three different names. Who was uh, the one of the designers on Maximum Carnage. That's right. Very awesome. Is now commenting on our post, which is awesome. That's our brag. Yeah. <laughs> he said this game looked amazing with his 3D rendered sprites. He loved the intro. He could still hear the music. Ringing in his in his ears, rather too many leaps of faith. So it agrees with you there. Thank you. But love the minecart levels. Agrees <laughs> with me there. Yeah. That, see, that's why he likes us both. Yep. <laughs> and then D. Franklin, nineteen eighty seven. Whoever that is. I never heard of that person. Oh, that's my brother. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh oh, he said, "Get ready for some sacrilege." I think I enjoyed this game and its sequel more than Super Mario World or Sonic Two. Uh oh. That is sacrilege. I'm not ready to say that about Super Mario World yet. That may or may not be the Mario game I mentioned being my favorite. We'll see. Uh, he said, I think most of that was because of how the game handled two players. Back in the early through mid-90s, if I was playing a game, it was never alone. And working together as Donkey and Diddy to beat the game was ten times more fun than alternating turns or playing as Tails in Sonic 2. 
I won't say this game is as influential or groundbreaking as either of those two. And if you played single player only, you probably think I'm on good drugs. <laughs> but for me, this is the perfect blend of Mario and Sonic. And at first I read that, I'm like, Mario, what do you mean? Then I thought about it. He's totally right. Because this game expects you to keep moving forward and keep your momentum like Sonic does. But not as much as Sonic. It's also a little bit more time-based like Mario. And I will say that I have to agree with him on this aspect. When I was playing it by myself, I got way frustrated and I wanted to quit. But when I was playing with you, it was way more fun that way. And I think I could have played it more doing right. it that way and would have had a much better time. And then on Facebook, uh, go to Retro Blist on Facebook and like us so you can see all of our updates, please. Do yeah, it Chris, now. Chris hasn't even done it yet. Whoa, did did we just lose Chris or did I lose my headphones? Here. Miss a lot. He's here. Do you not hear him? <laughs> All right. I'm coming unplugged. Sorry about here that. Here comes the curse. Professional, professional podcasters. Um, <laughs> he came unplugged. <laughs> I'm unplugged because Johnny gave it an eight and a half. He's the, he's the new day Nirvana. He's coming unplugged. <laughs> so my Facebook is loading slower than ever because I need it right now. All right. So on Facebook, I don't know if we've ever had this many comments. So thanks, guys. So, so And I, ladies. And ladies, yes. So... I kind of love this because because <laughs> I'm a jerk and I feel like it justifies me feeling as strongly as I do about this game. <laughs> a lot of people do feel as strongly as I do. Even Nixon, or Evan Nixon even. Uh, <laughs> even even Nixon. <laughs> oh, the president? The president who's been yes. dead for many so, years? So, Richard Nixon said on Christmas morning, 1994, oh, my brother and I were graced with this under our tree. Little did I know that this very game and its wonderful music was going to be a huge influence on my life moving forward. To this day, the music from this game still plays in my head in random moments throughout my life. It's become a part of me. Another reason why David Wise is my favorite musician of all time. The Nintendo Power DKC poster is hung proudly on my wall as well to this day. And he sent a picture of And he that. sent a picture of the poster, which I want very badly. Um, it That's came, very cool. A very cool poster. Um, and then I asked him a bunch of questions about the poster. So then, <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. Like, will you please Evan. give it to me? Then Daniel Chavez. So I have no I idea never, who that I is don't either. Know who that is either. Weirdo. Uh, <laughs> he said, "This is still one of my favorite games on the SNES. I remember being amazed at the graphics and how good they were for that time. I remember certain levels being challenging, but not too hard. You know, Daniel, I agree. It's just a perfect challenge." Daniel, uh, I, I encourage you to go play it again. And tell me if that's still how you feel. I think you're wrong, buddy. You're looking at it through rose-colored glasses. I think great game, but it's very, very hard. I think you're totally right. Very hard, but but a perfect balance of challenge. Uh, just enough to give me a sense of satisfaction when I finally beat it. Yep, yep. Cranky Kong always boasting he could beat the game with just one life. LOL. Oh, Cranky Kong challenges you to speed run the game in an hour. By the way, I remember that. And people have done it in thirty couple minutes. What? Yep. What? And to me, that proves speedrunners love this game because it's super challenging, but very fair and even forgiving once you know what to do. Is that people speedrun all games though? But this, yeah, this one is one that is recommended by speedrunners if you want to get into it because it is satisfying and fair, but tight and it's core very simple. Is, so it makes a really good speedrun game. Is there level skips in this, like in Mario? So. There's different ways to do it, but the 32 minute time is the world record for playing every level. Oh, but wow. there's, but there's levels you can skip a huge chunk of if you know where to drop. Yeah. Side note, you know the snow barrel blast level. Yeah. You can skip the hardest chunk of that level if you know where to fall. <laughs> there's a hidden barrel and it skips you past the hardest part of the level. And I think there's a level towards the beginning, the first time you come across the barrels, where you can skip a chunk of it if you know where to jump up uh, yeah. along the beginning there. 
It's it's really like they made this game for speedrunners, wow. like almost as a hidden treat. But anyways, now I want to play it again. He can't wait to hear what the masters have to say about it. <laughs> well, hell, I don't know who he's talking to. Andrew Coed. He's talking to me because I'm more honest than you. So, so Johnny's wrong, and I thank you, Daniel, for confirming that. Uh, <laughs> and I guess Chris is half wrong and half right because he was right in the middle of this. Yeah. Um, Andrew Coed said he remembers being amazed by the graphics when I first saw the game. They still hold up. It's a gorgeous game, and it's a really fun game to play as well. I've never beat it, but it is one I've been thinking of picking back up for a while so I can remedy that. Can't wait to hear the thoughts of the definitive voices and all of retro gaming. That's right. That's us. Definitive voices in retro gaming. And then Gail Wilson said it's one of my favorite SNES games. Loved the mine cart levels. I don't understand you people. Very intelligent fans. I've always said we had the most intelligent fans. Um, actually, <laughs> I didn't I've, say they weren't smart. I've never said that, but I said it now. Even smart people are wrong sometimes. <laughs> and then I posted again today just to milk more comments, which I guess we didn't really need it. That's what we do. But Andrew Coed came back saying, just commenting because I like it when you say my name on the podcast. Who do, who said that? Andrew Coed? Yep. Andrew you Coed. Know, you're telling me that Andrew Coed asked for that. Andrew Coed wants us to say his name as many times as possible. Exactly. He said he's pretty sure he commented on the other post already. It's a great game. Graphics seem impossibly good at the time. What if we're saying is they way wrong? As a definitive voices in all of retro what, gaming. What if it's what if it's Andro uh, Kuid? I'm sure it's Kuid. Yeah. Uh, and then Bobby Cappy Bianco said he thought it was a jerk move of Donkey to always ride in the cart in front of the shorter Diddy. <laughs> Diddy couldn't see what was happening in front of him. That's a good point. That's a good what? point. Yep. You know what, Bobby? That's a great point. And I really say Ooh. that about him. He's making a good point that time. Wow. I thought you were doing a monkey noise there for a second. No, I can't do a monkey noise. Yeah, you can, Trevor. This is where we're going to do your monkey noise. This is a really long episode. (laughs) And we've got two big segments left. Let's do it. So, should we go ahead and roll a commercial here? Chris, you tell us when do you want a commercial. Do you want it here? Do it now. Step up to this kind of power, this kind of challenge, this kind of flying, crashing, feeling. When you decide to get serious, there's only one place to come. The games of Super Nintendo. No one else creates this kind of experience. Because no one else creates these kinds of games. Now you're playing with power. Superpower. Wow. Awesome. So. Yeah, that's a great reaction. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just take that drop. Wow. And put it every time after we do a commercial. So if Johnny didn't already think I was crazy enough, we're going to do another top five list. Yeah, that music was good. Um, <laughs> wow. So this is the top five trilogies. Oh. And I submitted this idea to the guys, and I said it can be literally anything, as long as there's three of them. Mm-hmm. And even then, I had a hard time deciding what's really a trilogy, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let the guest go first with his number five trilogy of all time. Oh, man. Oh, by the way, uh, the reason we did this is because Donkey Kong Country, there was three games in the, on the SNES. Yeah. It was a trilogy. Oh, nice. All right. Um, yeah. It was tough for me. I know you guys are a video game podcast, but when I think of trilogies, the first thing that comes to mind is movies. Uh, so right, right away, right. my list is like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies and two video games. And I know we're only doing five, and there's some honorable mentions. So I'm just gonna mix. <laughs> I'm gonna mix it up here. Um, does it have to be in order? Like five, four, three, two, one. That's the way we do it. Alrighty. Well, number five. Let's go with. <laughs> <laughs> let's go with the Super Mario Brothers uh, trilogy: one, two, and three. 
Um, again, for nostalgia purposes, for uh, some of the things we already mentioned tonight, groundbreaking video games, you know, the kind of things that you're playing when the feelings you're getting when you're playing these games. Um, for me, it's it, it will always be some of the go to video games I'll go to when playing retro games. Right. Uh, do you want to go next or want me to go? Go ahead. So my, this was tough for me. I thought I couldn't think of five, but like Chris, I knocked out some amazing trilogies here. Um, but number five, I actually put the Dark Knight trilogy of films from Christopher Nolan. Um, what needs to be said, at least two of the three movies I think are phenomenal. One of them I think is still one of the best movies that I've seen. Um, so the Dark Knight trilogy by Christopher Nolan did Batman right, as far as I'm concerned. And I want to say just to piggyback, piggyback on that, Trevor is nowhere near the comic book fan Chris and I am, or are, however the oh, yeah. English is there. So for him to say that, I think, is really saying something about those movies and how good they are. Because I knocked off some amazing video games from this list for that. So that's, yeah, that's how strongly I feel about them. Now I'm going to say this. Uh, like, I have some great honorable mentions. Like, Mario Brothers is one of my honorable mentions. Uh, the uh, But most of mine are movies. Like, it hurt me to my core, even though I'm the only one who would ever consider Mighty Ducks a great trilogy. <laughs> but I love those movies. So I had to knock those so off. So you really don't need to take his opinion of Donkey Kong Country seriously. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I need to watch those movies. All right, so my number five is the Naked Gun movies. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Didn't even think of those. They're so stupid that I love them to death. The humor is so dumb. It's literally like if we did a movie, Trevor. I'll be lying if, if I didn't say I, I love those movies as a kid. So that's my number five. Was the, <laughs> nice. Was the right. Naked Gun movies. Chris, what's your number four? My number four, um, let's go with the movies then. My number four is the, uh, do you guys know it's referred to as the Three Flavors uh, Cornetto Trilogy? The Simon Pegg and Nick Frost movies. Yes, oh, I didn't know they were referred that, to as that. Yeah, that's my that's on my uh, list, but I didn't. It's in my what do you call that? The Honorable Mentions. Mentions. Yeah. yeah, The Shaun of the Dead, one of my absolute absolute favorite zombie comedies. <laughs> yeah. uh, Hot Fuzz, yes. just an amazing cop film. But it's again, yes. it, it follows their style of comedy. And uh, what's his name? Who directs all three of them? I can't remember. Uh, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Um, yeah. And uh, the fourth one was the end of the world. Uh, end of the world, where they just go on a drinking binge uh, at the end of the world. Now, did, let me ask you something. Did you guys know? Have you ever heard of a TV show called Spaced? Yeah. Yes. Oh my god, yep. love it too. So yeah, uh, the the, Cor- the Coronado trilogy that would be in my uh, my number four. I was stoked that Simon Pegg was um, going to be Scotty on on the new Star Treks because of that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah, my number four. Okay, let me do a couple honorable mentions. Um, Because John... No, never mind. I'm not going to. Not yet. My number four (laughs) is one that I almost missed until I realized, you know what? That actually is a trilogy. And that is the Metroid Prime trilogy uh, for the GameCube slash Wii. The reason this is at number four is because the first game, to me, is one of the best games of all time. I'll never be convinced otherwise. It's a phenomenal game. To me, it's the best single-player first-person shooter Perhaps only tied with Half-Life 2 for the PC, but I'm more of a console gamer. It's incredible. The reason it's down here at number four, bleh, <laughs> number four, is because I've I loved it so much that I was almost scared to play the second and third one because I just didn't feel like they could live up to it. So I've really only played the first one very much, um, but it is incredible, and it alone earns this trilogy a spot at number four for me. I was almost going to say the Halo trilogy because I really love it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I was going to throw in the uh, the uh, Bioshock trilogy. It's crazy awesome. 
highly recommend. That's both an of honorable those. mention for those me. Those are definitely honorable mentions. Bioshock's honorable mention for me. Yeah. But I was going to say my number four is the movie trilogies are so big. Mm-hmm. Like I had to go Indiana Jones. I couldn't make a trilogy oh. list without having Indiana Jones in it. Honorable mention for me. Same and that here. is painful. Yeah, honorable. <laughs> I mean, here. it's just such a classic, classic films. Uh, like. It was it was between it and Back to the Future for honorable mention getting knocked out, and mm-hmm. I love Back to the Future, but I had to knock it to honorable mention. Ooh. Yeah, it's, but, so it's Indiana Jones for me. Ouch. I didn't even think about Back to the Future. That's how many trilogies there are. I wasn't thinking about <laughs> Indiana Jones. It was my number five originally. Like obviously that's going to be on there. I think it was the first one I wrote down, but because of these other four, it got bumped. Yeah, uh, Chris, what's your number three? We're getting the big uh, ones now. Back to the Future. This was the one I couldn't uh, knock off. I actually knocked off Indiana Jones. I loved Indiana Jones. Uh, loved them. Absolutely did. Even the third one. I remember when, like, how far, you know, how much later it came out. But r- really thinking, like, how well they wrote the story for it and how, how well it was done. Um, and I, I've never seen the other one that came out. Everyone said it was horrible, so I never bothered. Uh, anyway, Back to the Future is my <laughs> number three trilogy. Uh, just like Johnny, man, I love these films. Number one and two, most dear to my heart. Third one's good. It's not bad, but the first two, I absolutely just love. Brings me back to being a kid. Uh, the excitement of time travel, that whole idea of time travel. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a freaking DeLorean, man. Yeah. And I will say, just to say, uh, I think the third movie gets a lot of flack, but to me, it's still a lot of fun. So I don't even have nostalgia for these movies. And... I don't want to get hatred here, but I still need to watch the second and third one. But the third one's a western, Trevor. As an adult without nostalgia, the first one is just a rollicking good time. Oh yeah, it's just a great, it's a great time at the movie for sure. So what is your number three? My number three is a total cheat, and part of the reason is I just could not knock off any of these five. I knocked off so many already. Plus, I really had a hard time deciding if these were a trilogy. I combined Super Mario Brothers one through three and Sonic one through three on the Genesis. I kind of consider them a trilogy because there were three Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers games on the NES. And there were three Sonic games on the Genesis plus Sonic and Knuckles. So I'm going to say Sonic 1 to 3 and Mario 1 to 3. The reason they're at number 3 and not number 1 is simply because I adore at least one game in each of those. I know what your number 1 is without even seeing your list. Well, (laughs) but I can't say that I adore all three games in each of those. But they're all good. They're all great, yes, but... I have a soft spot for Sonic 2, but I never played 1 and 3 as much. So, And the same thing for Mario. I totally respect the first Mario Brothers, but Mario 3 is the one I think is actually great. Yeah. And Mario 2 is just different, just a different <laughs> and good. Just a different creature altogether. Anyway, so my number 3 is a total cheat. It's Super Mario 1 to 3 and Sonic 1 to okay. 3. It, it really hurt me. I could even, like, Sonic's in my honorable mentions, too. Yeah. Like, I really wanted to have that. But just, just these movies that I'm about to say for my next three are just... So important to me growing up and now. Like, I'm going to have to go, and this is going to be crazy. I'm going to go Star Wars for my number three. And I know it's crazy. I think a lot of people would have it much higher. It's probably, when you think trilogy, it's probably the first set of movies anybody just thinks of off the top of their head. Mm-hmm. Is that original trilogy that came out in the late 70s to the early 80s. Mm-hmm. The first one of those that I saw was Return of the Jedi, which is the last of the three. <laughs> but I was born in 83, so that was the first one I saw, and I loved it from then on out. I know mm-hmm. everybody hates the Ewoks. But I was a kid when I saw it, so to this day, I will still stand up for an Ewok. I love mm-hmm. those little furry bears. So I love those movies, all the characters that come from it. It's literally just good versus evil. Mm-hmm. And they're characters that you can really love. I'm always going to be a Mark Hamill fan because of this. This and, and he did one of the best Jokers ever. So, Agreed. 
So now we're at number two for Chris. Yeah, number two is Star Wars Trilogy, the original. Oh. Yeah, you're right. The first time you're taken to that galaxy far, far away. You know, the farm boy that ends up going on a, a, a quest um, and ends up changing the face of, of the universe, takes down the Empire. Um, you have a Death Star. You've got Han Solo. You know what I mean? Like that, that space cowboy with his Chewbacca, the Chewie next to him. Um, it's it's great, man. Androids, everything about it, you know, the whole – now, I, I'm not a fan of 1, 2, and 3. There's a lot of important things that are added to the mythos, but a lot of that, is, to me, was garbage. So, for me, the original trilogy will always, always hold a dear place in my heart. Uh, that's my I'll number let, two. I'll let the newer – I like the newer three slides because Darth Maul and General Grievous are so cool. Yeah, there's little pieces in there that are cool. And, and yeah. again, there's a lot of things they add to the mythos, a lot of characters, which are cool. But for me, those yeah. first three uh, episodes, four, they five, and six, strong. oh my yeah. god. They are not as strong. You, yeah. can't, you can't get closer. I might as well go and slaughter the elephant in the room. Um, he didn't have Star Wars on his list. <laughs> Star Wars, the trilogy, is not on my list. Obviously, it's one of the first ones I thought of. And... When I get to my number one, it'll make more sense. I'll explain a little better. Individually, there are parts I adore about all three of the original trilogy. They're so much fun. But as a whole, as a three, I don't have quite the nostalgia factor. It was technically a little before my time, and I didn't... We weren't a sci-fi family. I adore sci-fi now, but we weren't a sci-fi family. Although I'd argue that Star Wars isn't the most sci-fi thing out there by any means. But... I don't have the nostalgia, so I just have an appreciation. And to be fair, like Star Trek, and I do love Star Trek, parts of it hold up better than others. So when I consider the other trilogies on my list, if I was being brutally honest and not caring that fans betrayed me and hated me, <laughs> it would probably have to be like number six or something. It couldn't be here. So my number two. Well, this is our personal list. This isn't saying that's what everybody I said thinks. all that because Johnny yeah. has sharp objects near him. My number two, and I will defend this, um is the Donkey Kong Country trilogy. (laughs) And here's the thing. You know what I think about the first one. The second one, I think, is Rare's masterpiece. It is the best game that Rare ever developed, and I believe that Rare is one of the best developers in the history of this medium. I believe Donkey Kong Country 2 is their masterpiece. I believe it's David Wise, the the composer. It's his masterpiece. And yet the first one is also amazing. Um, The third one, I've not had much time with, but I know it's still a very solid game. Mm -hmm. So together... Taken as a lump sum, it's enough to earn number two on my list. I don't think I've ever played two. I can't remember. Oh, it's amazing. Whether or not I have. It's, just take what you just played and just make it really hard. It's, <laughs> it takes the epicness and the, the, it's almost a dark game in a way. Like it has, despite being about monkeys, it has this dark feeling. Despite but not too dark. Monkeys. I mean, it's, it's, that's a great you, title. You, just, for you have to play it. You have to play it. That's a great title for anything, despite being about monkeys. <laughs> it's incredible. Okay. Nice. All right. My number two is the Toy Story trilogy. It, to me, just really shows you what Pixar can do. I think they're one of the greatest movie makers of our generation, of our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from a storytelling standpoint. Uh, and these is one of the trilogies, trilogies in which each movie got better than the one before it. Yeah. Which is pretty incredible because the ones before it are very, very good. So I got to say Toy Story. I love Pixar. I will always love Pixar. Mm-hmm. And these aren't even my favorite Pixar movies. Like, I would put Up above these. I love Up. It's probably my favorite movie, mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorite movies. But I got to say, Toy Story is my second favorite trilogy. It's an, so we're up to the big one, It's Chris. an honorable number mention one. for me, for sure. Uh, I loved the Toy Story films. Uh, my number one film, 
Uh, my number one trilogy is is films as well. Um, and I have to say it's the Godfather trilogy. Godfather 1, 2, and 3. 3 wasn't as strong, uh, but the first two just absolute – those are just masterpieces in cinema. They're, I mean, you can't – you can barely find anything wrong with them. The acting's amazing. The lighting's amazing. The, the soundtrack, the score, uh, the writing, um, everything about those two films for me is perfection in cinema. I feel like um, – did you guys ever see that movie? It's an older movie called You've Got Mail with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. It's basically see, uh, Sleepless in Seattle 2.0. A long, a long time ago. In that yeah. film, um, Tom Hanks' character has a fascination with the Godfather films. And he talks about how, like, uh, you know how they say when you watch Seinfeld, there's there you can apply it to everything? It's the same thing with the Godfather. There's all kinds of life advice throughout that whole movie uh, if you take little pieces out of it. Um, and he, to me, it's just, it's I don't know. I love it. Amazing film. My dad introduced me to it when I was younger. And I remember my first introduction to it wasn't even the films themselves um, because – the first one takes place in the 50s, uh, early 50s. The second one takes place before that. They actually do a flashback to the Godfather huh. when he's younger and how he becomes the Godfather. Uh, back in the 70s or, or 80s, I don't I can't, maybe it was not, maybe it was in like 90s, I can't remember. Uh, they had done a, a cut of it where they put it on TV and they made it, they called it the Godfather Saga. And they cut the film, both the one and two and put them together so it came out chronologically. Um, and that's, that was my first experience with it and it just blew me away. And ever since then, for me, it's the greatest films of all time. Those are my favorite movies. and It's my favorite trilogy. So basically what you just said is why I put Donkey Kong Country at number two. (laughs) (laughs) Donkey Kong Country is your godfather. Yeah. So part three may not be quite as strong, but part one and two are almost perfect. (laughs) So (laughs) that's awesome. So now I'll go in and mention my honorable mentions really quick. Uh, these were all on my list until I thought of other ones that I had to knock them off. Indiana Jones, the Toy Story trilogy, um, the Star Wars original trilogy, and then the Crash Bandicoot trilogy on the PlayStation oh, was actually yeah. my up there too. I actually forgot about That's it. A fun yeah. game. And they're great. You know. But my number one, Johnny knows, this was my Star Wars. I was 18 years old when this first movie in this trilogy came out. That's The Lord of the Rings. There's really no other question. Um, I guess at this point I can't separate the fact that when they came out, I was sort of, you know, what do they say? Not quite a man, but no longer a boy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it rang all the right bells. It was just, I mean, I don't need to say much. I mean, these are award-winning movies that are unequaled in certain areas still to this day. But they definitely hit a special note for me. To me, they had it all. You had... Frankly, tons and tons of action and violence. <laughs> Battle scenes, the likes of which I'd never seen in a movie before, mm-hmm. with real actors, not just CG actors. That's still amazing. Yeah. The number of extras and costumes. Um, amazing set pieces, but also had this emotional core that your epic movies don't always have for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I adore the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I've got a Gandalf hat on my <laughs> wood stove sitting right here. Right here. <laughs> There's a mug of my wife sitting on the same wood stove, and it says, my precious, and it's got a picture of her. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. you got to get a sign above Lord the bathroom that says, you shall not pass. Gas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You shall not pee. That's fantastic. Now, uh, I'm going to surprise Trevor and say that we are in complete agreement. My number one trilogy oh, is Lord of the Rings. Me and you actually saw a lot of these together in a the theater. Mm-hmm. These came out at the perfect time. 
And here's what I really loved about these movies. Starting out, and, and to an extent, the Harry Potter movies did this as well. And I love those movies too, but... Not Lord a trilogy. <laughs> but they're not a trilogy, and I would still say Lord of the Rings I like more than it. Yeah, me too. But I still like Harry Potter. Anyway, as in, as these went on, actually really, your relationship with the characters grew. Mm-hmm. And starting out, it was really easy to be a big Legolas fan. I mean, he's this cool elf. Mm-hmm. He does all these awesome moves. He fights with two really cool little swords, which is like size. Raphael's my favorite turtle. <laughs> and he's awesome with a bow. Mm-hmm. And he's got a great back and forth with the dwarf. And it's and he's and it's very funny, but uh, magic started happening. This, this, and I had never read the books before this, mm-hmm. and I've read them since because I had to, and, and they're great too, by the way. But it's it really turned the the uh, the key for me into Samwise becoming one of my favorite characters in anything ever. Mm-hmm. Just his, uh, you just feel for him, and that he is he is the kind of friend that you want. Mm-hmm. He will literally give up everything to just carry you, <laughs> to help you with this burden. Even though he can't carry the burden for you, he can carry you. One of the best lines in all of movies, uh-huh. I think, is I can carry you. So this is going to be one of my number ones of all time. It has some of my favorite characters of all time. I will always love Sam Wise. He's in my top five characters of all time, along with Spock and Raphael. So it's got to be my favorite trilogy. Nice. And it's the truest trilogy on this list, because each one is a... It's a third of the story in chronological order. Yeah. It's a true trilogy in every sense of the word. Nice. Yeah. I had a couple yep. of honorable mentions that we didn't say. Um, the Austin Powers okay. trilogy. I had that a lot. <laughs> I loved. I loved those movies. I just. I can't help it. I. I always liked Mike Myers. So those films loved. Yeah. Uh, and the Captain America, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Civil War. Now I almost put the Marvel ones on there, but I didn't know because they all kind of go to. They all are telling one giant story in a way. Yeah. So that's the only reason I didn't include any of the Marvel ones. I felt like these ones, though, because I wasn't a big fan of, of the second Thor. Uh, Iron Man 3, not even close. So these ones, at least, I mean, the first Captain America for me was good. It wasn't amazing, but the second and third, come on. Those are Oh, yeah, they, were, they, they got better and better. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, guys. It's time for another commercial. Let's do it. <laughs> Chris, I'm making you put two in this week. Let's go. <laughs> There's that over there. I just love all the new things Kmart has here. Oh, I can see that. So that's the new Super Nintendo Entertainment System. What about it? They say it has 16-bit technology, whatever that means. Oh, I see. What else do they say? That it has 3D graphics and digital stereo sound, and that Super Mario World is included. Okay, okay, we'll get it for them. So, how long did he work on you? About two weeks. So, speaking of which, <laughs> this episode's already going long, but we kind of have to mention this. Yeah. So, again, we played, in my opinion, one of the best games ever. So, we had to do something terrible, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, Trevor gave us homework. And it was terrible. I gave Chris and Johnny homework. <laughs> yeah. So, when do you just start talking about this? Okay, I can start talking about Go it. Go ahead. Uh, there was, at the time, this came out in 90 what? It's 90. I think the cartoon was 97. Yeah. So there was an animated, it's not really a cartoon, it's an animated, it's a CG animated show, Donkey Kong Country, based on the same characters, the same bad guys, uh, all the uh, original ones that uh, Trevor mentioned earlier when he was reading the characters from the book. Mm -hmm. They're all there, all of them, Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Cranky Kong. uh, All the crocodiles. All the crocodiles are there, and of course, even, even more uncomfortably sexual girl monkey as well. <laughs> they and, really made her something else in this cartoon. Yeah. This is at the beginning of when CG was really just getting started when it comes to 
uh, your TV and films. Yeah. Like it was very much in its infancy mm-hmm. here, and it very much shows on this. Definitely. This is one of those shows that I couldn't stop watching, but it was because it was good. It was, <laughs> it was horrendous, but I had to, even from how the monkeys actually walk. Yeah. Uh, which was terrible. The movement of the mouths. Yes, the movement of the mouths were um, off. To the character voices is really bad. Yeah, oh. It's like they did the anti of everything Donkey Kong Country is. Yes. The music is nothing from these games. No. The music is just terrible. And when I say music, I hadn't even talked about the original... Uh, the fact that this, these are technically musicals. Oh, yeah. They're solo musicals. Two in every single episode yeah. that I've watched. Two original songs, and I'm using that term loosely, in every episode. I watched... What did I, what did I say it was called? I sent it to you. What was the name of the episode? Uh, you, um, can find all, you, can, you can find most of these on YouTube, by the way. Full episodes on YouTube. I want to read my favorite quote. Uh, you can keep talking, but when I find it. Oh, my Just gosh. from one of these songs that Diddy Kong sings. Um, <laughs> let's see... They tried though. Okay. They tried. You gotta yeah. admit they did. Tr- they were trying to get the look of this. The, the game. They were. Oh they yeah. Tried, yeah. But oh, miserable. Ninety-seven uh, CG on a budget just doesn't work. Yeah, I will say I told somebody I thought they made this for maybe uh, one thousand dollars per episode at most. <laughs> so I'm not going to give you any context, but one of the lines from one of the songs that Diddy Kong sings was, "No, this was actually a baddie singing the song, but it's a uh, without my teeth, I'm gumming on my food." <laughs> <laughs> That's right, gumming on my food. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Well, how does that ever fit in a Donkey Kong Country cartoon? Oh man! Did you know there were forty episodes of this? Forty episodes. Oh, there are forty God, episodes. No. Two seasons. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's you know how the Zelda games are amazing, but the cartoon is atrocious. Yeah. I think well, the excuse different, me, princess. I think this is worse. <laughs> yeah. This and is worse. It is worse in a lot of ways. But I will say, this is to that point where I encourage everybody to watch one. Oh, yeah. Because they're fun and how bad they are. Um, go. You, there's almost any of them are great. There's one called Kong for a Day, I think. Yeah. That's a great one. Donkey Kong, his voice is obnoxious. But when he sings, he has this really deep, soulful voice that sounds nothing like Donkey Kong. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And the songs are, they're really trying to be serious, like soulful with these songs, I feel like. It's absurd. Yeah, if there's uh, it's, it's, if there's yeah. parents listening, uh, and you need to punish your children, tell them they can watch this cartoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you just check it out. That's all we can say. Yeah. Uh, this gets the retro bliss approval for me, but not because it's good. Just <laughs> right. Because you must experience it, and you can experience it for free. Because, like I said, full episodes are on YouTube. It actually is a bad good. It's just called the Donkey Kong Country Show, I think. Yeah, something like, or maybe that, just yeah. Donkey Kong Country. I, I literally put Donkey Kong Country uh, TV Show, and I found it. So, speaking of horrible, terrible things. Are you guys ready for the ultimate challenge? What ultimate challenge is that? The Bliss Quiz! As per the usual, when there's a guest, I made all the Bliss Quiz questions, and I'm going to challenge Johnny and Chris. And Chris, just so you know, I have not seen these. He hasn't mentioned these to me at all, so I don't know what's going to oh, happen. Oh, that's weird. He just texted me all the answers. I don't... I did? Oh, that gummit. So I'm going to give you... <laughs> Good start. My mouth's dry. I've talked way too much. We're great podcasters. I'm going to give you guys a choice, and I should have asked you this before we started, but I don't do things. <laughs> um... 
would you rather me read all the answers and you just choose your own answer in your head and then answer individually, or would you rather do the more stressful version where you have to call out your name when you think you know the answer Ooh. without even necessarily hearing all the choices? Ooh. You want to do that? That sounds fun. All right, let's do it. Okay. Johnny, you don't get a say in it. <laughs> guest, guest wins. I was up for whatever Chris said anyway. So when you think you know the answer, shout out your name. But of course, if I've not read all the answers, you're at a disadvantage. Okay. But if you get it right, you get it right. So five questions. Hopefully there's a clear winner because I think there has to be. Well, unless unless neither one of you get it right. Score Anyhow, card. scorecard coming up. So, Johnny, you need to be ready as well. I'm ready. And um, all right. The question is how was Donkey Kong the character created? There's three choices. A. Miyamoto had just watched King Kong and wanted a villain who was not actually a bad guy. B. Nintendo wanted to make a Popeye game, but couldn't get the license. C. After playing Pac-Man, Miyamoto felt the one missing element was a jump mechanic. Chris. Alright. I say A. Wrong. Johnny, there's still two choices. Yeah, I want to hear the other ones. Nintendo wanted to make a Popeye game, but couldn't get the license. Or after playing Pac-Man, Miyamoto felt the one missing element was a jump mechanic. I feel like it's the Popeye one. That's right. Oh, wow. oh. So let me blow your mind a little bit. They couldn't get the license to Popeye, and this is how a legend was I born. I feel like I heard this before. It's, it's an amazing story. So I think I think it was the president of Nintendo at the time, somebody big up, uh, went to Miyamoto, who was a young man at the time, and said, uh, hey, make us a game. We couldn't get the Popeye license. And so he comes up with Donkey Kong following the basic character structure of Popeye, meaning that Mario uh, was Popeye, Bluto was Donkey Kong, oh, nice. and Olive Oil was Pauline. So <laughs> that's, pretty that's cool. where it came from. Nice. And I was thinking that Donkey Kong would be Popeye because he's got the big arms. That makes sense. <laughs> but I guess I'm wrong. So your second question is a more deep cut history uh, related to... Well, games. So, <laughs> the first platformer to have a jump mechanic of any kind was what? Oh. There are four choices. A. Space Panic. B. Donkey Kong. C. Mario Brothers. D. Super Mario Brothers. Oh, man. A. Space Panic. B. Donkey Kong. C. Mario Brothers. D. Super Mario Brothers. Johnny. All right. I feel like it's either A or B, so I'm going to take a shot in the dark. And if I'm wrong, then I'm helping Chris out. Um, what's the first one called again? Space? Space Panic. I don't even know what that is off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> but you think it might be the right answer. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Donkey Kong, because that's the one I've heard of. And I know you can jump on that, because you jump over barrels. So, Space Panic was is considered... Are you going to let him answer? No, because you were right. <laughs> oh, it was? Oh, nice. Okay. nice. I just had to lead you up a little bit. Nice. Space Panic is considered the first platformer, but Donkey Kong was the first platformer to have any kind of jump mechanic. Nice. So, to my knowledge, Donkey Kong is sort of the first platformer. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird to think of a platformer without the ability to jump. Right. Yeah. But Super Mario Brothers, of course, which is credited with saving the game industry, mm-hmm. was the first game to let you jump and control how far and how high you jumped. Huh. Which changed everything. All right. All right, Chris, you're down by two. You need to catch up. I rarely win, so <laughs> this is looking bad on you. Still, <laughs> jo- Johnny is doing uncharacteristically good. I hope he didn't look at these. I didn't. I am going All to right. blame the history creeps curse. Cheap plug. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great podcast. I no, that was it. odd. 
<laughs> so this is a tough one. I, I don't know if I would get this one right. But uh, which of these was not a top five selling Super Nintendo game? So not a top five selling Super Nintendo game. Five choices. All of them were top five except for one. Okay. All right. A, Super Mario Kart. B, Super Mario World. C, Donkey Kong Country. D, Zelda, Link to the Past. E, Super Mario All-Stars. Johnny, I'm going to go Zelda. You think Zelda was not a top five selling game? Yeah, I don't see in any world, even though Zelda is beloved, I don't see any way that a Mario game does not make a top five, especially this time. Well, let me go in order. Um, it it he was right again. Jeez, oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> Chris, he... He has never done this, this well when it's just me and him. <laughs> Chris is my lucky charm. <laughs> wow, this is ridiculous. So one was Super Mario World, which to be fair was a pack-in game for a long time, but I think it would have been one anyways. Yeah. Uh, two, this blows my mind. I mean, it makes sense. It's an incredible game. But two was Super Mario All-Stars. What? doesn't what, make any sense game. to me. It's amazing. It. It's a fun. It's very yeah. fun. But it's really sort of a collection. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. It's an enhanced collection. <laughs> three was Donkey Kong Country. Nice. Uh, four. Oh, and by the way, Donkey Kong Country 2 and 3 were also in the top 10. Which blew my mind, because Donkey Kong Country 3, I heard, was sort of a failure. But it's still the number 10 selling <laughs> game. So, anyways. Three was Donkey Kong Country. Four was Super Mario Kart. And five... Um... Huh. Did I not put five on here? I guess you didn't. I if, guess I messed up. What if it was Zelda? <laughs> no, Zelda was number seven. Okay. <laughs> That's weird. I didn't put five on here, I guess. Um... Huh. So, but Zelda was actually number seven. Mario Kart. You said Mario Kart. Mario Kart was four. What was five? Oh. It's oh, probably wait. really obvious. Anyways. So Johnny has three. Good thing we're getting into double down territory. Uh-oh. The next questions were two points. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so, David Wise, I've mentioned, is incredible. Yeah. He might be my favorite composer after playing this game again. Um, He's very good, obviously. Which game did he not compose the music for? Uh, you're gonna get six choices. One of these he, one of these he did not compose the music for. Was it? There's a few low balls on here though. Was it Donkey Kong Country? Was it Donkey Kong Country Two? Was it Battletoads? RC Pro Am? Eliminator Boat Duel? Star Fox Adventures? Be sure to ring out if you want to guess. DKC, DKC Two, Battletoads, RC Pro Am. Eliminator Boat Duel, Chris. Star Fox Adventures. Okay, I'm gonna say Star Fox Adventures. Is that a rare game? Uh, it is a rare oh. game and a much later rare game. He actually did compose the music I for that game, I, which I know it definitely is. threw me off. Okay, Johnny might get it wrong though. I, I probably will because I actually don't know. I know it's. I know he did both Donkey Kong One and Two. Mm-hmm. I know for sure he did those. I feel like RC Program was before this though, because it was a Nintendo game. And I don't remember there being very much music. I know there's music in it, but part of me wants to say that because I think it's before he started doing music for them. I'm going to go RC Pro-Am. RC Pro-Am was definitely a rare game before 1994, which means that he definitely did compose the music for it. It oh, was Battletoads. No, no? Battletoads he composed the music for. I love, this was a trick question. If you listen earlier, I said that he composed all rare music at least up to 1994. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Eliminator Boat Duel was the only one that's not a rare game. Oh. oh uh, but Star Fox Adventures was a trick. Um, because that is a much later game, but he did compose the music for it. Nice. So that leaves us with the final question. But this is for all five none. points, isn't it? This is worth sixteen qu- points <laughs> because this is a sixteen-bit masterpiece. <laughs> so, all right. 
So my other three points are useless. <laughs> you could win by 19 if you get this right. <laughs> so the final question on this epic-sized version of Retro Bliss. <clears throat> I really hope that... I know Johnny looked up a little bit about the show. I hope you didn't see this. But it's still tricky. Which of these is not the name of an episode of the Donkey Kong Country show? Okay. So you know the cartoon we just said was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> one of these is not a real episode title. Which one? A, a banana in time. <laughs> B, speak no evil, dude. C, the day the island stood still. D, it's a wonderful life. E, just kidding. A banana in time. Speak no evil, dude. The day the island stood still. It's a wonderful life. Just kidding. I have no idea. Which one is not? Which is not real. I'm going to guess the first one. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> 16 to 3. Chris is so much smarter than you. I can't believe it. <laughs> and again, By the way, like usual. I have to say Chris, right? I had to say that before I answered. So, Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ed- yeah, you still got it. I'll edit it. I'll <laughs> no. make it so I said it first. <laughs> make it. So, speaking of... Uh, unfairness and weirdness yeah just kidding is the name of the final episode of the seer of the series oh that's hilarious <laughs> it's like the whole thing was a joke i guess that's funny man well, well that has been a big episode of retro that that's a very long awesome. one we've gone we've gone quite a bit of time here i'm tired i don't know about you guys uh chris uh, tell them where they can find you and your fine uh, ways to listen to Oh, you. awesome. Uh, yeah, you can find me on my other podcasts. I do Back Issues comic book podcast. I'm also on History Creeps and the sister show to History Creeps, That's Odd. You can find those podcasts as well as this one, Retro Bliss, on the network, BICBP-radio.com. Uh, you can find these shows as well as a number of other ones. Uh, if you see anything you like, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Give us a follow and uh, r- comment, rate, let us know how we're doing. And I just got to say, um, I'm not the biggest comic book guy, but uh, Chris's other show that he does with Johnny, which just, Johnny's just like a a side effect to a drug. <laughs> That's the nicest thing you've I normally don't like any podcast that Johnny's on. That's true. Um, Even the one that he's on with me. But, no, I, I, I'm just kidding. I actually love History Creeps. I, I thoroughly enjoy that show. Thank you, thank you. I'm actually sad when an episode doesn't come out. Um like, I don't consider myself necessarily a history buff, but it's just super interesting. Thank you. So I recommend that. And uh, go to BIC, <laughs> BICBP-radio.com. <laughs> That's, radio. That's right. I've done that perfect for six months, and now the, the owner of the website is here. I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, side note, uh, just so everybody knows, Chris is the one who produces the show. He does a lot of hard work, and we are very much appreciative of him for that. Yeah, I just push some buttons. It's better than you I guys can do. do the I work. can't even... Johnny just pushes my buttons. Let's <laughs> see what you did there. You can find my art at johnnyism28. I'm on History Creeps with Chris. Uh, also do That's Odd with Chris. And also, uh, there's another podcast that I don't know who does it, but if you love pro wrestling like I do, <laughs> uh, you need to go listen to it. I just discovered it, and it's on Chris's That's network. Great. And it's pretty amazing. It's called The Dusty Finish. I found it on iTunes. I listened to the first episode. It's very, very awesome. If you like wrestling and stupid humor... You'll love this. I don't know who the two guys are, Chris, but they're very good. You got some talent there. Yeah, they're, I think they're some old. They're old pros. They they've been in the business for a while. Uh, they're pretty good. They're though. definitely they're funny. They, they definitely know what they're talking yeah, about. They're great. Chris has been awesome having you on. I don't know why we waited so I long. I Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. And um, any final words of wisdom? Anybody? Are you talking to me? I don't have any. Anybody? You say it. This has been your episode. This is a Trevor episode. <laughs>
when you don't know what to do in life, Uh-oh. there's always money in the banana stand.